0: you changing. you changing. <laughs>
1: everybody, welcome back to Rick Six, Season 3, Episode 4. We're back recapping the NFL week from Week 3, and it's Week 4 NFL Picks. I'm back here with Preston. Preston, you were gone last week. Welcome back. And Gledhill, welcome back. Yeah, Yeah, I'm excited,
0: bro. Like, (laughs) I I obviously, you know, we got that Thursday night game coming up. You know, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always hoping that the Thursday night game is going to be a good one. But, you know, this time we're going to get the Aids game of the week out of the way, which I think is good because we're going to have a really exciting Sunday. A lot of tough games to predict um it's gonna be a really good one I'm, I'm really looking forward to it
1: Preston it looks like Gledhill beat you to the talk right there so what's up man hey I'm glad to be back with
2: Saddle I missed last week's pod but you know what things are getting getting hella busy hella hectic in all our lives I know you're traveling all the time Gledhill and I are doing our thing so you know we're, we're getting ready but we're still gonna make this happen
1: Yeah, exactly. Well said. And for you guys that don't know, I mean, these episodes are always pre-recorded for those that don't know. So we, we always do it beforehand before all the games. So if it does go up a little late, I apologize for that. Just know we always do it every Wednesday night, every Tuesday night, whenever. We always try to get it done before that Thursday night game. So appreciate you guys being patient in advance. But man, week three, what a crazy week it was last week. I mean... Just a couple, you know, co- there was some controversial games with the Ravens and the Lions game. Uh, you know, obviously, Justin Tucker hit that 66, 66 yard game winning field goal. But there was a little controversy because there was a delay a game. game. It wasn't called. So it should have been a 71 yard field goal. And most likely he probably wouldn't have made that, but I mean, I guess we'll never know as Kanye would say. And so we had a little bit of controversy there. Preston, I missed you last week because we didn't get to talk about the Buccaneers and the Rams game going into that game. I was really excited to see what you had to say about that game, but unfortunately it was just me and Gledhill. And then, you know, the the Rams making a statement, beating them by 10 and Tampa Bay getting a garbage time touchdown. They really beat them by 17 Uh, Packers and 49ers, the 49ers pretty much shooting themselves in the foot that game because. They had all the time in the world. They were driving down the field, two timeouts to go. They could have wasted so much more clock and they scored. They gave Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds. And I mean, that's all you, that's all Rodgers needs to win that game and get them in field goal range. So 49ers kind of shooting themselves in the foot because of that one, you got the Seahawks and the Vikings, the Vikings desperate for a win, finally getting in there, got their first win, smack Seahawks, uh, without Dalvin cook too, which was super impressive, Dolphins and Raiders. That game went into OT. Jacoby Brissett had that clutch two point conversion. That was a crazy game. Broncos shutting out the Jets wasn't too surprising there. Bills absolutely obliterating the Washington football team. You love seeing that as a Cowboys fan. Cardinals and Jaguars, the famous kick six from Agnew, you know, just returning that they, they tried to kick a 68 yard field goal with Matt Prater because I mean, he has hit a 63 yard field goal before and they returned that Jacksonville almost had a little bit of an upset there on, on Arizona, but Arizona came back and Trevor Lawrence threw that pick six saints coming back, bouncing back, destroying Mac Jones, forcing him to throw three picks. I mentioned the Ravens and the lions game, the bears absolutely getting obliterated on the On the offensive line from the Browns defensive line, Miles Garrett had a franchise record of four and a half sacks. Have that game too. Justin Fields did not look ready to start at all. Bengals and Steelers. Big Ben looked awful battering that pectoral injury. Bengals looked great with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow continuing to surprise everybody. Preston Chargers taking care of the Chiefs there in Arrowhead. I know you're happy about that. bounce back after a tough game versus the Cowboys the week before. Falcons and Giants. Giants finding a way to blow another game. I know Gledhill was pissed about that game because he did pick the Giants to win that game. I'm glad I ended up picking the Falcons, but that was our AIDS game of the week and it ended up being 17 to 14, low scoring game. Colts and Titans, Titans, I mean, not really destroying. They beat the Colts pretty convincingly. The Colts just having a lot of injuries going into that week, uh, this week, so be aware of that. And then finally, the Thursday night game from last week was the Panthers and the Texans, where the Panthers, you know, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Hurt his hamstring going to be out a couple of weeks. So that is terrible for fantasy owners. Uh, but they did take care of Davis Mills and the Texans and, and, and some questionable play calling decisions from David Coley, especially not going for that on four. They, they were inside like their own 50 yard line. They could have easily kicked a field goal, but instead of kicking the field goal or going for it, they punted and it was just like terrible. Like Just some questionable play calls. And, and then that game got out of hand. And then, oh yeah, I forgot to mention the Cowboys destroying the Eagles on Monday night football and the Cowboys looking like the best team in the NFC East. So lots of games to talk about this week. Excited going into week four. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add to this crazy week before we move on to the first game?
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, how I picked the Giants last week, and I was, I was very confident in that pick, really. I, I, um, I've always, you know, maybe I'm a little bit too high on them as a whole. I almost considered them to, to win the NFC East this year. So glad I didn't. Um, I still don't think it's time to completely write off the Giants just yet. Um, you know, Daniel Jones is, hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much recently, but it's almost like, you know, the Giants and the Falcons are two teams that like, whenever I pick them, I'm always wrong. So I'm kind of at that point where it's like, do I keep picking one of them? Maybe it'll, maybe my, my fortune will turn around. Uh, we'll see this week because the Giants got a game against the Saints, which uh, we'll get into that in a bit, like I said, but I think that could be a trap game for the, uh, for the Saints. Um, we'll, we'll see though. I was 50-50 on that one. Uh, we'll see who I end up picking. But, the way uh,
1: hey, the way Jameis Winston plays on a week-to-week basis, you never know. You never know. The Saints are one of
0: those teams that you just you don't know what you're going to get week-to-week because Jameis is one of the more, you know, he might be the most inconsistent quarterback in football. So I wanted to bring up the Giants. Also, of course, wanted to bring up the Bears. It's just a train wreck right now. Um, I was high on Matt Nagy the last couple of years. I, I'm done with that. I'm, I'm through with Matt Nagy. I just don't think it's working. At some point, you just got to make a change. Even if he might be, I, I used to think he was really good schematically, you know, coming from the Chiefs, but I'm kind of losing faith in, you know, in, in his ability to, you know, be good st- schematically. And I'm also losing faith in his ability as a head coach to, to lead an organization. Um, they were really good a couple years ago because of that defense, but it's gotten to the point where it doesn't really matter how good their defense is. They can't move the ball offensively. And it was horrible uh, last week against the Browns. Just, I mean, they lost like 26 to six or something, and it wasn't even that close. I mean, they I think they finally caved in to the pressure from the media and the pressure from the fans to start Justin Fields. And they started him before he was ready. They started him against a a defense that was really, really good, you know, and and they just they didn't seem to have a good plan for him coming in. And I mean, it's the worst scenario you could have with a rookie quarterback throwing him into the fire when really he's not ready. And, And now it's like, and now and now you might start Andy Dalton again. Like you're gonna step to the podium, you know, on a Wednesday, you know, and, and say, Oh yeah, no, we we we're still reevaluating, you know, who we're gonna start at quarterback. Like I just I I just think that they're handling the Justin Fields, Andy Dalton situation so horribly. And I'm just I'm really, really worried for Justin Fields because I, I think he's super talented and I think he's gonna end up working out, but it's just a really, you know, rude awakening into his NFL career.
1: Yeah, I know uh, I was kind of overreacting a little bit. I, I was just super pissed the way Matt Nagy handled that situation. And that's why Preston, I was texting you and saying that Justin Fields is overrated. Justin Fields sucks and everything. And yeah, I was overreacting a little bit, but I look at it like a humbling experience because- Justin Fields is a guy who Glidhill is mentioning has a lot of talent. And I agree. I mean, I saw the poise that he showed in that national championship game, getting, you know, beaten around by Alabama with the injured ribs. Like the, the dude's tough. Like he's a very tough guy. And, and I just felt so bad for him. Uh, you know, the offensive line literally gave him no time. Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, Take McKinley. They, they sacked him nine times. I mean, I'm not going to go in there and blame that on Justin Fields. I mean, he's running for his life. Like he's literally running for his life. And he didn't throw a pick either. So it's not like he made anything stupid decisions. He literally just could not, had no room to run the ball. So I blame that on the organization. I blame that on Matt Nagy just failing to address it. I, I, I just look at it as a humbling experience though for Justin Fields too, because Justin Fields, we all saw how great he played in that first preseason game. And even after that first preseason game, the dude hadn't even played one snap in the NFL, not one single snap, played one preseason game, did really well. I'll give him that. But he's this is what he said. He said the game was actually kind of slow to me. So I'm like, it's just kind of a humbling experience to see him go out there and, and kind of get hit a little bit. I'm not too high on him. You guys know, I know you guys are a little bit more higher on Justin Fields than I am, but I just think with Matt Nagy and the situation there, you know, I I've never been high on him. And who who knows what the Bears are going to do now? I think the Bears are just kind of a mess. A, I mean, the fact that Allen Robinson is only catching two. Two balls last game. Like this dude is a top five to top ten receiver easily in the NFL, and he's just not getting the touches. We mentioned how David Montgomery's used very poorly in that offense, and and their defense is the defense is the only thing competent that keeps them to not having a losing record every year. So if they do end up having a winning record this year, it's going to be because of that defense, and it's going to be because if Justin Fields ends up panning out to be a decent quarterback. But you know who knows what they're going to do. Andy Dalton is coming back after that ankle injury. It will be a game game time decision this week. So we'll see what happens. Preston, you got anything else to add on Justin Fields and, and the Bears? All
2: I got to add is the Bears, based on their decision making, it always seems like they're trying to make a decision to win now. Stop trying to make a decision to win now. Make decisions to build for the future. Andy Dalton should be should be the starter this entire year, unless for some reason he gets hurt. But literally, start treating your franchise like how the Chiefs treated their franchise back when they had Alex Smith as their quarterback. A lot of their decisions were made to build towards the future. They built their roster towards the future. Don't sign people to play to help you win now. Sign guys to help you build toward the future. And however you do, that's however you do. But the pressure from the fan base is really getting in their heads, um, and you can just see it in all their decision-making. Only one more thing to add, but this is on the Giants. The Giants need to run the ball if they want to win games. They just need to do a better job establishing the run. And they will start winning football games because they have all the other pieces that are playing pretty decent right now um, outside of their secondary.
1: Jason Garrett, baby, Jason Garrett. He loves running the football. I don't know why he's not running with Saquon.
0: It's tougher. It's tougher, Matt Nagy, because he's kind of he's caught in this crux where like he's got to win now, you know, because he wants to keep his job, but at the same time he had this young quarterback that he want to develop. So he he's kind of teetering in between right now. He's not really picking one or the other. He's not picking win now, and he's not picking develop Justin Fields. He's kind of in the middle. And I think that's the worst spot you can be. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah, management's fault. One or the other. Yeah.
2: That's management's fault. hundred percent. Yeah. Coaches always get put in this position and it sucks.
1: And you know what? I will say that like going into the season, I was kind of like, why wouldn't you just start Justin Fields if he's ready to play? But now, now after looking at how these rookie QBs have performed these first few weeks of the season, I'm, I agree with Preston. I think you should start Andy Dalton unless for some reason he gets hurt. Or Justin Fields just completely impresses you in practice, and he goes in there and he can have a really good game. But after seeing what these rookie quarterbacks, none of them are ready. I think the only rookie quarterback I have looked at so far and say, okay, that quarterback is ready is Mac Jones, and he had a tough game, and it's because the offensive line wasn't blocking for him. Same with the Bears. Maybe Justin Fields, maybe he is ready. Maybe he is a little bit ready, but the offensive line... Matt Nagy, the play calling. It's it, Ryan Pace, the terrible ownership. It, it it does you no good. So the way I've seen these rookie quarterbacks this season, you know, one in ten. Zach Wilson being zero and three. Trevor Lawrence zero and three. Mac Jones one and two. Justin Fields now being zero and one. And then Davis Mills zero in one. You know, one in ten. And these quarterbacks, and 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 most, I think all of them have a negative touchdown to interception ratio. So. Clearly, these quarterbacks are not ready to play. I'm all for. I'm, I'm glad that the 49ers are actually taking the safe route and waiting for for Trey Lance to come in. And I, I I did say if Jimmy G is healthy, which is a big if, Trey Lance will not play this year. So 49ers are the only team right now that are actually doing it right. But then, of course, you have other other organizations like the Jets. And the Jaguars, where you really don't have a choice. You have to play Zach Wilson right away. You have to play Trevor Lawrence right away. Mac Jones, well, they they cut Cam. So at that point, they do have to play Mac Jones. But the Bears, Justin Fields doesn't have to play yet. And Davis Mills shorter has to play because Tyrod got hurt. So I get it. Like some of these organizations, yes, you don't have a choice but to start these rookie quarterbacks. But I applaud the 49ers for actually being a competent franchise. Kyle Shanahan, that GM, they actually are doing the right thing. And developing Trey Lance, don't be surprised if he ends up being the best rookie quarterback because of that reason. So let's go ahead and get on into these games. We got the first game happening tomorrow night, Thursday night football. The Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Jacksonville is on an 18 game losing streak. I mean, that's the longest since Detroit back in 2007 to 2009. Jacksonville's really struggling right now. Preston, what is the spread in this game?
2: Bengals are favored by seven and a half.
1: Bengals are favored by seven and a half. Okay, pretty monster spread. Thursday night, those games can be a little tricky. Preston, I'll let you start this one. Do you think the Jaguars will cover that spread?
2: Honestly, the way Jacksonville has been playing, no. And the way the Bengals have been playing, I think this is going to be a blowout win for the Bengals potentially. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, that's kind of like a massive spread that that Vegas is, is giving us with, like bigger than you'd expect. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville covered because of that. They could improve. It's been three weeks, you know, a lot of change in that organization, a lot of people doing things for the first time. You've got Trevor Lawrence, uh, first time quarterback in the NFL, and then you've got Bourbon Meyer, first time coach in the NFL. So they're learning week to week. I think they come out with a, a pretty good game plan against the Bengals this week. And I think both quarterbacks are going to have a decent amount of time to throw the football. Uh, simply because both these pass rushes aren't that great. And I think we're going to see a relatively high scoring game. So I've got the Bengals winning 31 to 26.
1: Yeah. So before we went on air a little bit, Gledhill was talking about this possibly being the eighth game of the week. We get it out of the way on Thursday night, but I also could argue that it's a pretty interesting matchup just because we have Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. This will be the first starting quarterback matchup between national championship winning QBs since Vince Young versus Matt Lenar in 2009. So I'm excited to see them, you know, kind of go out there and duel it out. I do think that the bangers are going to win pretty comfortably just because Urban Myers has looked lost out there. I've been talking about that. They haven't shown me anything for me to look at them and say, okay, they're they're going to go into Cincinnati and win this game. And, And I think that's crazy because if Cincinnati does this, wins this game, they will move to three and one, which just doesn't seem like it would have been possible coming into the season, but I mean, Hey, they've been able to take care of business. They had that tough loss versus Chicago, but they almost came back. So yeah, I think I'm going to take the Bengals to move to three and one here. I think the game will be a little bit lower scoring just because both teams aren't very, you know, I don't see both teams putting up a lot of fireworks, but I expect the Bengals to, to hang on and win. I'm going to say that they win 20 to 16. I, I, Jamar Chase is, is another guy who's been showing out and he's had a touchdown every single game, so hopefully I can see that streak continue. I think Joe Burrow hits Jamar Chase for a touchdown, and I'll say that the Bengals win twenty to sixteen. Gledhill,
0: yeah. So as we sit here on Wednesday, you know I'm still setting my fantasy lineup, and I'm, I'm debating on whether I'm going to start Joe Burrow or Tom Brady at quarterback. I just picked Joe Burrow up. Uh, I was looking for a backup quarterback. You offered me a trade that would get me Sam Darnold, but I, I just don't. I'm not quite ready yet. I think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback obviously, and I uh, quite, I don't want to give up Jamar Chase yet because I, I made the mistake of, of keeping him on my bench the first two weeks. So that's going to change uh, this time around. You know, want him to come out and play well and show out against the Jaguars. I think he's going to do that um, given how he's looked recently, you know, those those concerns of, you know, him struggling with the NFL ball, those are out the window now. Jamar Chase is balling out just like he was in college. He and Joe Burrow you, know, you can just tell there's there's something working between the two of them. I'm not convinced that the Bengals, first of all, I will say I think they're gonna win this game, which means they've moved to three and one. I'm just not convinced yet. I'll put it this way: I think I think the Bengals are like the Jaguars, but a couple years in advance. Joe Burrow now, um, he's he's the more experienced of the two. You know, if you're looking at him versus Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow is the more experienced. Guy at this point, I think because of that, I do think you know the Bengals are going to win this game. You know, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow are are definitely more ahead than Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. They're still figuring each other out. They're still you know Trevor Lawrence still has a lot to learn. He's got a lot to learn. You know, when it comes to dealing with failure, dealing with you know tough games, dealing with playing you know a really tough opponent every single week now in the NFL. You know he was he was a winner in high school. He won a national championship his freshman year of college. He made the playoffs. I think you know the two years after that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has really done nothing but win. Um, and he's still trying to. I think he's still trying to learn. You know how to deal with failure a little bit. Um, and that's that's nothing against him. I just think that's that's just the natural progression of a young quarterback, especially nowadays when these quarterbacks are so good at such a young age. You know they you know they get to the NFL and it might be a little bit of a shock at first. So. Looking forward to see how this one plays out. Um, but I think just because the Bengals are a little bit ahead of where the Jaguars are at right now, they are, you know, they are the better team. I trust their defense a little bit more. They've, they've been looking good at times this year. Unfortunately, in that division, the AFC North, I just don't think the Bengals – I mean, they beat the Steelers last week. They've shown that they can beat the Steelers. I just don't know if they can go out and beat a Cleveland or go out and beat a Baltimore just yet. I still think those two are the superior teams in the division – and I don't see more than two teams from the AFC North getting into the playoffs. So I don't see a playoff team just yet. You know, I just don't think the offensive line is good enough yet. I don't think the defense is good enough yet. Uh, maybe, you know, they may maybe an, another piece or something offensively, but the Bengals, they, they will take care of business here. I don't think it's going to be like a blowout, but I think they'll probably win by like a touchdown. I'm going to go 31, 24 Bengals get it done at home. It's not like a, a game where you look at the Bengals and be like, oh, my gosh, this is like a statement win. You know, the Bengals are one of the better teams, you know. But I think they'll get it done. They're at home. Like I said, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor are a little bit ahead in terms of, you know, the relationship that they have with each other. You know, they've they've been doing it together for an extra year. And Joe Burrow's looked really good so far this year. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. So outside of that Bears game. But, um, yeah, Bengals are going to get it done, 31-24.
1: Yeah. And I, I like what you mentioned, you know, probably only going to be two teams from the AFC North that will make the playoffs. That division is just not as strong as it was the uh, last year. I mean, you don't got the Steelers starting out 11 and 0. You don't got the Browns coming out of nowhere. You don't have the Ravens being that playoff team. So it it just, it's just not going to be as strong. And, and, and the Bengals, if they do win this game, they're going to be, they're going to be winning the division, which is kind of crazy. I don't think it'll last, but. I mean, hey, that that should help Zach Taylor coaching for his job. So we'll see what happens. And then the last thing I want to note for this game is if Trevor Lawrence, if they do end up losing this game, the Jaguars, which I expect them to, they will start zero and four and he will have as many losses in the NFL as he had in his whole high school and college career days. So welcome to the NFL, Trevor Lawrence. That's all I got to say. All right, let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We have the Houston Texans going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. Rookie QBs are one and four versus Buffalo in the Sean McDermott era. This is dating back to 2017. Preston, what is the spread in this game?
0: I was looking at this, by the way, yesterday. Um, I think the Bills are favored by 17 points.
1: What?
2: Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bills are favored by
2: 17. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For an NFL game, that's absolutely insane. (laughs) Like, that's, you don't see that very often, I don't think.
1: Holy cow! Okay, well, I'll go ahead and get a, get this out of the way. Obviously, you think they I cover. That I mean, that's the that's the real question. Let's debate Ty
0: that. We're all picking the Bills, right? We're all no. Pick everybody's
1: the picking the Bills. Uh, you I think don't they think... cover? <sighs> yes, I do. I do think they cover. I think they win by. I think they win by twenty one points. I'll go thirty five to fourteen. They win by twenty one points. Who
0: do you got? I got 45 20. So they, I think they cover. That'd be two straight weeks. I, I mean, come on, come on, Josh Allen. I mean, is he the? He's
1: not the best quarterback in football right now. He's top three though. The Bills are the best team in the AFC right now, in my opinion.
0: All right. Yeah, I think I agree with you.
1: Just because the Chiefs are kind of struggling right now, who knows? Come playoff time, they have a better
0: they have a better roster, top to bottom, than the Chiefs. I think.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: And it's not like it's not like Josh Allen's that far off from Pat Mahomes. Like he's not. So he's a top three quarterback. So.
1: I, I, don't know about and, top, I, mean, I don't know about top three. He's top five, though.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, we can, we can save that debate for another well, day, but um, yeah, yeah, he's okay. elite. Um, he, he's elite. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm
1: going 45-20. Okay. And that would be two straight weeks that the Bills would put up 40, according to Glenn Hill. Preston, who do you got? Well, obviously you have the Bills. What do you got the score to be? Well, how do you know that I have the Bills? I hope you have the Bills. I mean, I really hope you wouldn't pick Davis Mills to Beat the Buffalo Bills, especially when QBs are one and four <clears throat> versus Sean McDermott, rookie QBs.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to see. I mean, obviously, if Tyrod was starting, you know, the spread wouldn't be this big based on how he played the first the minutes before he got hurt. But man, Vegas, Vegas is is playing with this here a little bit, and I'm not sure what to think about this one. So Buffalo minus 17 and a half. It's a really large spread. So either they're trying to get people to pick the Texans or they're just trying to throw people off and just get people to stay away from picking this game because they think it is going to be an absolute blowout, man. I think I've got to take Buffalo to cover, but for that reason, I'm going to take the Texans to cover. I'm going to go Buffalo wins, but it's going to be a closer game than people think 27 to 14.
1: Okay. That's fair enough. I could see it. Next game, we got the Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the New York Jets. New York Jets are 0-4 in games following the shutout loss since 2014. Man, God, I just feel so bad. I've, I was telling Preston and Gledo just how disappointed that the Jets have turned out so far. It's so early, but man, Zach Wilson just struggling right now. Oh, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating seeing it. And I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Zach Wilson is just throwing picks galore right now. What do you do? Preston, what is the spread in this game? This is surprising. 17 point spread on that last game. This game, Tennessee is only favored by six. Okay, now I would say, like, what? But Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are both out. So I expect the Titans to be very run-heavy in this game. Honestly, like, all you have to do is run the football. If you run the football, you should win this game. Don't fuck it up, Tannehill. Don't get cute with that play-action shit. I know you're a really good play-action quarterback, but you don't have the receivers this game. You don't have the receivers to bail you out this time. Run the football, run the football, run the football. Tennessee wins, ugly game, 19-16. to 16.
2: Tennessee is also missing Caleb Farley and Bud Dupree.
1: Yes, and their defense already has been a disappointment. So, yeah, 19-16, to 16, ugly game, Tennessee wins. I don't have anything else to say about this game.
0: Dang it, AFC South, man. Cause I don't. I I'll, I'll tell you what. I was high on Carson Wentz coming into this season. I, I'm. I think I've toned my senses now. I I am. I am probably the lowest on Carson Wentz that I've ever been since he was drafted in the NFL.
1: About damn time. Yeah, we'll
0: get into that later when the Colts. When we get to the Colts game, but I mean, I I don't know who to trust in the AFC South. I mean, I picked the Colts at the beginning of the season. I I don't think I'm ready to stick with that pick. Um, I think I'm already feeling like I'm I'm wrong there. I think the Titans will win this game, but you're making the case that this could be a trap game. You know, I just don't – the only issue is I just don't – I mean, the Jets aren't doing anything right offensively, so I don't know. This, this would be – I'm really rooting for Zach Wilson in this game, though. I think that, you know, against a, a possibly depleted Titans defense, I hope that he's able to make some plays. I hope that – I don't know his offensive coordinator's name, but uh, I hope they're able to figure some things out. I'm, I'm going to be looking into this game just to see how Zach Wilson's doing. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine being in, in that situation, you know. You're, you're in New York, it's a massive media. He, he really hasn't had a chance so far. He's played the Patriots. He's played the Panthers, right?
1: And the Broncos.
0: Um, I mean, that's three elite defenses. Let's be honest. That's three elite defenses. I, I, I'd like to see him make some more plays in this game. Maybe the Jets are in it late. I could see an upset here, but I'm going to pick the Titans – I got an upset coming later that we'll get to, but uh, I'm I'm sticking with the the Titans in this one. I have 30 to 20, but you've actually made the case that it might be closer. I'm going to go 23 to 20.
1: Yeah, I expect this game to be ugly, but like I said, I don't have anything to say about it. Just run the football Titans and you win this game. And also this is like Bloodhill was mentioning, this is Zach Wilson's chance to kind of, you know, prove some people wrong because the Titans defense, I was talking a little bit of how they're struggling. They are tied with four other teams in the NFL or three other teams in the NFL with the least takeaways on defense with only one. Only one takeaway. So if Zach Wilson throws more than three picks, that's a problem. Preston, who do you got?
2: Yeah, I got the Titans as well in this one, as much as I would love to pick the Jets to win a game this year, uh, just because I like spicing things up. Not going to do it. Not going to do it with this team. Hell no. Hell no. Tennessee wins this game. I'm going to match your score, Eric. What was your score? It was 19 to what? 16. 19 to 16. So similar game to the Ravens in Detroit. Potential game-winning field goal to win the game right here for the Tennessee Titans. Let's go.
1: Lock it in.
0: And I will say, though, Robert Sala made a point during during a um, one of his more recent press conferences. It might have been after the Patriots game when um, Zach had all those turnovers. Uh, he said that he just needs to... Uh, he needs to learn that it's okay to play boring football and to make the easy throws. Um, so maybe, maybe it seems like Zach Wilson is trying to do a little bit too much out there. And that goes back to the coaches too. I mean, I think you have to have a, a you have to have really good coaching and a really good plan set up in order for the easy throws to be easy. So hopefully, hopefully they're able to figure that out going forward, but uh, I'm really interested to see how Zach Wilson
1: plays in this game. Well said, Gladhill. All right, let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Kansas City has allowed 31.7 points per game this season. That is tied for the most in the NFL. We talked about how crazy Patrick Mahomes is in September, but he managed to go one and two this year. That just shows you how crazy it is right now. I know Preston's a little happy after watching the Chargers beat them in Arrowhead. Preston also coming off of the... uh, his first SoFi game, Preston, talk a little bit about that uh, experience, man. SoFi Stadium, was it as amazing as, it, as people made it to be?
2: Yeah, dude, SoFi was pretty crazy. Uh, it was very hectic getting into the game. You know how Cowboy fans are. They, they want their spots. Even the Charger fans, they're like fighting over like Thunder Alley and all this crap. Like So like we were coming into the stadium, right? Into the, into the parking lot. We got there at like 7.50. All right. And they weren't letting people in until eight. So we were just like chilling in line and all these people are like getting out of their cars, finding spots and placing their chairs down. So they get their spots for the tailgating and the way the SoFi handled or handled everything as far as the parking wise was just terrible. There was one guy in the front of our line who was just there. And I guess he wanted to go into a certain place to tailgate. But they wouldn't let him. So he was holding everybody up. So a bunch of cars passed us and got better spots for the tailgate, which sucked. But it's all right. I mean, we were in the big lot area. um, So we were chilling, having a good time. We were like trying to drive through to park in one area. And this one lady comes up up to us. She's like, oh, are you all part of Thunder Alley? I'm like, Thunder Alley? What the hell are you talking about? I'm a Chargers fan. I ain't never heard of Thunder Alley in my life. And she goes, yeah, yeah, Thunder Alley. If you're not a part of Thunder Alley, you know, just scoot on out of here. I was like, wait, what are you talking about, bro? Like, come on, man. I'm like on your side, bro. Like, it's not that deep. So that part was very dramatic. But then when it came time to enter the stadium, you walk up, you walk over the bridge, you see the water, which is kind of a, a, a cluster for getting out of the game. It was getting out of the game was terrible because there's one bridge to cross over like the water area. Oh, and so everybody's just funneling into that bridge. And it was terrible. But walking into the stadium, you walk up the steps, you come up. You look down onto the field when you enter the stadium, and it was just so cool. You just see the big LED screen that stretches all the way around, and it's on both sides. It was insane, Um, and we had really good seats. Uh, We went, uh, Derwin James's dad, we talked to him a little bit because one of the kids I trained, Isaiah Elohim, number four kid in the class of 2022 or 2024 um, for basketball. He's going to be at Sierra Canyon next year, five-star recruit. His dad was talking to Derwin James' dad uh, a little bit about kind of like how he knew Derwin James was like that guy growing up and and what it took to to get to the pros and to become as sex- successful as he is. So that was a really cool moment to, to kind of watch and witness as we see kind of like the the generational talent and like wisdom kind of passed down to the next generation. And, and that was just cool to be a part of. But the game was awesome. It just sucks because Cowboy fans are, are a-holes. You know, when we lost in that field goal, the Cowboys were already chanting about a freaking Super Bowl, chanting about a freaking Super Bowl. Like, bro, you beat the Chargers. It's not that deep. So I was really pissed after the game, but it was a really cool, fun experience.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a good time. Obviously, the game didn't go the way you wanted to, but you missed the episode last week, Treston. Don't worry. Don't worry. Even though we won, I was was pissed the way Mike McCarthy handled the end of that game because we very well could have lost that game. And McCarthy would have just got so much shit for it because he relied on Greg Zerline to hit that 56 yard field goal. I mean, dude, like this dude lost you the game the week before that against the Buccaneers for missing a PAT and two field goals. Like literally the Cowboys are so like a kicker away from being three and O, but they're also a kicker away from being zero and three too, so <laughs> that's awesome. that's uh. Well, I guess they wouldn't have lost to the Eagles, but they they could have been zero and two easily no matter what it, it, because that Chargers game was terrible officiating. It was uh, it was it was a messy. It was just an overall messy game. So, uh, but yeah. Anyways, back to this game. We got the Chiefs and the and the Eagles. We talked about Patrick Holmes struggling a little bit. Nick Sirianni is a, is an idiot. That's all I gotta say. I mean, he there were the Eagles are starting to look like the team that I think a lot of people thought they would have looked coming into the season. You know, rebuilding the culture. Nick Sirianni kind of figuring a lot of things out with with the the pieces that he has around him. Carson Wentz is finally out. You have a new quarterback who you're trying to figure out if he's the franchise guy or not. A little bit of overreactions after the first week. But yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, I just think the Eagles just got beat by a much better football team in the, in the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are better than them literally everywhere, pretty much everywhere. They have a way better quarterback. They have a better offensive line. They have a better receiving core. And I think at this point, they have a better defense. So just a lot of things going in the Cowboys favor. I I, I knew, so I was g- talking about that game and me and Glenn were talking about that on the podcast last week and Pre- and Preston, I don't know how you felt about that game going in. I th- I think, did you pick the Cowboys to win that game? Uh, yes, I picked the Cowboys. Okay, okay. So you did pick the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't remember seeing your. I don't remember looking at your score. Uh, but me and Gledhill had it being pretty one-sided. I don't think we thought it was going to be the, as bad as it was. But I, I did say I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys blew them out, and I knew that the Cowboys were going to win the second that the Eagles posted this on their Instagram page, where Nick Siriano wearing a shirt that says "Beat Dallas." Like if that is not rent-free, I don't know what is. So yeah. I, mean, I think
0: you made a great point, by the way, when you said that it, it looked like, you know, something a high school coach would wear something. Oh, be, dude. It like, like, like yeah. something that would be like a, like a fundraiser shirt for a high school, you know, high school, like raising money or something like that. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I think, I think I agree with you. Like, you don't, you don't wear that in the NFL. Come on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's literally something a high school team would do. And, and then the fact that like he, he, they had, they made those shirts and then, He he has the audacity to go into our stadium and Miles Sanders, who's a beast. I think he's a really good running back. The fact that they only ran the ball with him two times. Like, did you really expect that you were going to come into Dallas and win the game by only running the ball two times with Miles Sanders? Two times. Like, that's just, I'm going to say ridiculous, horrible, horrific play calling by the Eagles. And I'm glad that you guys got smacked in the mouth by us. Preston, what is the spread in this game?
2: So the Chiefs are favored, obviously, by seven points. Uh, The game is going to be in Philadelphia, and the weather's going to be pretty nice.
1: Weather's going to be pretty nice. Philadelphia always playing those 12 o'clock games because nobody likes watching them. Gladhill, who do you got in this game?
0: I think the Chiefs bounce back. I I think this is one of the easier ones to predict. Yeah, no, like that kind of pissed me off seeing him wear that shirt because it's like it's like Bill Belichick wearing a shirt that says "Beat the Dolphins" or something. Like you know, you're never going to see him do that. I mean, come on. No, I I I think the I think the Chiefs will bounce back in this game. I I just maybe I overreacted a little bit on Jalen Hurts in Week One, um, or maybe I didn't. I don't know. I I don't want to. I'm not going to give like any huge opinion on him right now, just because it's like I don't I don't I don't really know what to make of his situation in Philadelphia. I don't really know how good of a uh, coach Nick Sirianni is. Uh, maybe I was a little bit higher on him in week one, but then again, this is such a small sample size with, Jalen Hurts and especially Nick Sirianni I'm not going to make any like decisive you know conclusion like oh this is going to work he's he's not going to work but I probably was a little bit you know but I overreacted a little bit after week one I think i put Jalen Hurts as like the 14th best quarterback in the league or something which he's he's not a top half quarterback right now I think that's where I overreacted but we'll have to see on on that how that develops gonna be something interesting to see throughout the year but um I think I think the Chiefs the Chiefs are going to come into Philadelphia and they're going to bounce back they're not going to and drop to one and three. I just don't see that happening. Um, If the Chiefs were undefeated at this point, maybe I would view this a little bit differently. Maybe I'd be like, oh, you know, this could be a trap game for the Chiefs. You know, watch out for the Eagles. But I think the Chiefs are going to be extra focused coming in, you know, coming in one and two. Uh, They know how big of a game this is because, I mean, the Raiders are playing super well. The Broncos are looking great. I mean, the Chargers are a winning football team right now. I mean, just the Chiefs need to win this game. I think if you drop this game on the road to the Eagles – you don't want to fall three games back of the Broncos or three games back of the you know, the Raiders or something, you know, I, I just don't think you can do that. So, you know, cause, cause you never know, you're never going to know when you get into those division games. So the chiefs, the pressure's on them going into this game. And I think they're going to deliver because I believe in, in Mahomes and Andy Reid. and even though they don't have, you know, the best roster in the league this year, like maybe they, they have in the past, I still think they have what it takes to get it done, at least in this game. So chiefs win 33, 25.
1: Yeah, and and like you were saying about Jalen Hurts, maybe you overreacted a little bit, but I mean, this is where I could also defend Jalen Hurts. I I believe in him is what I want to say. And I'm a big fan of him. I think his the intangibles are still there, the leadership qualities are still there, and it's not his fault that his coach called all those plays. Like the fact that they only ran the ball three times that whole game, ran the ball two times with their their running back in Miles Sanders, who's really underrated, like the fact that they did that and you you're just not putting your your so-called franchise quarterback in position to win you that game and and I do agree he didn't play good he he has to be better in those better in those situations but that's where the leadership qualities come in that's where he takes responsibility for that taking all the blame and saying you know when you take you a deuce you don't sit there and look at it you flush it and move on we're gonna flush it and move on so. That's one way you can handle it. I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts when it's not against us. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and and blame that whole game on him because I I do think that there was a lot of things that team could have, the coach could have helped him out in different situations. Not saying that they would have won the game, but it definitely could have been a lot more competitive. So like Gledhill was mentioning that you just can't see the Chiefs going one and three, especially losing three straight games. They lost these last two games where it really came down to the very end of the game. That Chargers game, Mahomes threw that pick late in the game. The Ravens game, Clyde Edwards-Helaire fumbled when they were down by one. So you know, you just gotta, you, you just gotta kind of fix some of these key issues right now. I think the Chiefs are. This is their first time that they're really facing adversity. And we don't really see them face adversity that much, especially in the regular season. So this is a time where the chiefs can really, you know, kind of come together and, and, and motivate one another and, and have a really, really good win versus Philly. I think they really need a big win here. I think they need a huge win, not just some, you know, ugly win that they, they get out of there. Hopefully Andrew Reed is all right. I know he was rushed to the hospital and, and they said he's doing well. So I don't know if he's going to be at the game. I don't know. I have, I don't know any updates on that, but I, I expect them to get take care of Phil here, a team that's just kind of still trying to figure out who they are and the Eagles, man, if it didn't get any worse than this past Monday night, getting blown out by the Cowboys, their next four games, they got the chiefs this Sunday, they got the Panthers next week, they got the bucks the next week, and then they got the Raiders who are undefeated next week. So that's probably very well going to be four losses in a row right there. And the Eagles, that's where we're going to see how good Jalen hurts really is in these next few weeks. So, uh, but yeah, I expect the chiefs to bounce back. I think uh, I think they're going to get a pretty convincing win here. I'm going to say that the Chiefs win. We'll go 31 to 21. Preston, who do you got?
2: Yeah, so I think you guys are overreacting a little bit on the Eagles. The Eagles, I, I don't think it's a case of them playing bad last week. I think it was just a case of the Cowboys offense being really good. I think their defense, um, the Eagles defense is, you know, they're playing like that's their their expectation for the season. Um, they played pretty good against the 49ers team the week before. And obviously they they won their game in week one. But the, the last two weeks they've been against good teams. And like we said, we figured they'd be or like a little bit better um and they'd be like a six to a seven one team for the season. So they're on pace for that. I, I think they're meeting our expectations, and I think we're doing a pretty good job as far as predicting how the Eagles are as a team this year. So I, I think they're going to be a, a decent team that's going to be in almost every single game, except for that game last week against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys obviously had their chi- that chip on their shoulder um, with the coach wearing that shirt. So I'm, I'm not surprised by that outcome in that game at all. I did have it being closer, though, strictly because it was a divisional game, um, and usually you don't see blowouts in the NFC East. With that being said, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit in the Kansas City Chiefs. The only reason Kansas City lost the last two games is because Patrick Mahomes choked, right? Yeah, he choked. Right? Yeah. I think this is a case of... Let's, let's use a Madden game as an example, right? Because we can all relate to playing Madden. So, Eric, for example, this is like... You don't have a little brother, but it's like... If you were playing your little brother in Madden, you play all the time. You just dominate him over and over and over again. You always win. Even if you you know, you know kind of mess around a little bit and try to keep the game close to make it more fun, you always end up going down and scoring on the last drive to win the game just to keep it fun. This is a case of your little brother starts getting a little bit better. <laughs> your younger brother starting to get a little bit better. And he sneaks a game out on you. He sneaks a game out. Then he comes back and he does it again. So now you got to reevaluate. Oh, he's getting better. I got to come out and I got to whoop him next time. So this time, Chiefs aren't messing around. Patrick Mahomes is not going to mess around. I think this is just a case of him really just being a little bit overconfident. Okay. And he's got to come back to reality, get that chip on his shoulder again and start, boom, attacking every single drive. And you'll see in the second half, especially the second half of this game, I don't think there's going to be a possession where he doesn't score similar to last game, except for the last drive of the game and i think they're going to come out and play better in the first half as well so i wouldn't be surprised if i saw a blowout i think for that reason you're, you you got to take ch- take the the chiefs plus the points um so i'm going to go ahead and say chiefs 31 philadelphia let's say 20 31 to 20
1: so similar score to me and present i do like that analogy you did because that's that's true i i think you know patrick mahomes did choke in the last two games but also i think he choked more on the ravens game because they had such a big lead that game especially second in that half and they just they blew it. I mean, he straight. They just straight up blew it. And yes, I know it was Clyde Edwards' fault that he fumbled, but they still blew that lead. Right. And then Lamar Jackson, I, I was talking about how Lamar put the team on his back and won him that game because, you know, they're like, hey, we want to beat Kansas City. They, they always beat us. So props to the Ravens in that case, too. But I think last week was more of just the Chiefs, man. The Chiefs were just choking overall in general. Like, you know how many times the Chiefs drove down the field and then they would fumble because the Chargers couldn't stop them. They would fumble, and then obviously the end. Patrick Mahomes threw that pick, so I'm not blaming it all on Mahomes, but I don't know. I really do think that if we're going to say Mahomes choked, I think they they de- he choked more definitely in the in the Ravens game. But yeah, I I, I would I I would take the, the Chiefs in this game, no doubt about it. There's no way they're going to lose and 3 three. And like round.
0: I said, going into the season when we are doing our season predictions, I just I just don't think the Chiefs roster is is nearly as good as it has been in the past. So I think even if they win the division, it's only going to be by a game. Or, or two at the uh, you know it, they're not going to run away with this division like they like they have in years past. It's you know the AFC West might be the most interesting division in football right now. I mean, you got four teams that are p- pretty darn solid, and we thought the Raiders would be the bottom feeders, and you know they're they're not looking like it right now. So you know the Broncos have that defense, the Chargers you know year two with Justin Herbert. You know this is this is gonna be pretty interesting. I, I can't wait till we get into these uh, these AFC West games and we see. You know, obviously we saw that last week with the with the Chiefs and the Chargers, but you know, I want to see Chiefs Broncos and Chiefs Raiders, and and I think this could be interesting.
1: Yep, there's a lot of questions that will be answered in this division very soon, especially this week with the Broncos finally getting their first test against the Ravens. They've played teams that have combined. I don't know if the the teams that they've beaten because they beat the Jets they beat the Jaguars and then they beat the giants and all those teams have not won a game. So we'll, we'll see how good the Broncos are here. And then you also got the Raiders who they're known for starting pretty hot, but can they keep the foot on the gas pedal? So there are a lot of questions to be answered there. They had a tough game versus Miami in OT without Tua. So we'll see how, if the Raiders can keep it up, but I am kind of kicking myself in the, in the foot a little bit, just because uh, you know, I I did say the Raiders were going to be one of the, the worst teams of football. And that's really coming back to bite me in the butt. So let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We got the New York giants going on the road to play the new Orleans saints. New York has lost six of the last eight games versus the NFC South opponents. I remember a couple, uh, not really a couple, it was like six years ago. These two teams played, it was Eli versus drew Brees in the, the Mercedes Ben dome. And, uh, it was crazy, man. Like it was just a shootout. Both team defenses couldn't stop each other. It was like 51 to 48. The final score It was absolutely crazy. That was the last game I remember them playing in that stadium. So that, that that was good there. Alvin Kamara had a bounce back week this past week. We talked about Jameis Winston, how inconsistent he has played in times that, you know, the Giants maybe could possibly sneak one out here. But did y'all see that pick that, or that play that Jameis Winston threw to Callaway in the, the end zone last week? He literally was getting sacked. And it, this kind of happened the first week too. He was getting sacked and he throws it as he's getting sacked. And it just goes like. Right up in the air, the receiver just makes the play in the end zone. And I'm like, dude, that was such a Jameis Winston play. Like, if that should have been a pick. But the fact that that receiver made the play, he bailed him out. Man, Jameis Winston, I question some of the decisions he makes, man. But don't scare me like that. Preston, what's the spread in this game?
2: Saints are favored by seven.
1: Saints are favored by seven. Giants have looked awful. Can't buy a win. They should have beat the football team. Couple weeks ago on Thursday night, Preston, you could start this one. Who do you got winning this game? Saints favored pretty big here at seven.
2: Mm, so a huge part of me wants to pick the Giants, but it's tough because that Saints defense um, is still really talented. Daniel Jones—it's just a matter of time before he has a game where he throws a bunch of picks or has a, a couple fumbles. Man, it's tough. I really want to take Giants money line. I, I really do but I'm going to stay conservative. I'm going to stay conservative. I'm going to go with the Saints, and I'm going to say they went in a close game, close, low scoring. Let's go 17-14. to 14.
1: Okay. Gledhoe, you talked about this possibly being a trap game for the Saints. Are you going to take that bait?
0: Okay, so I originally, when I did my picks, I had the Giants upsetting the Saints. But oh, then really? I remembered, this is the Giants' first game back in the Superdome this year and they're playing in front of a packed house. It's the first time the Super Superdome will be will have fans since oh, 2019. Yeah, because yeah, of the hurricane. I know. And, and that's just a huge deal. And I honestly I cannot see the Giants the way they're playing right now, the way that they have found to lose games. I just cannot see them going into the Superdome in a packed crowd. All the fans super excited, you know, coming back from the hurricane, you know. Superdome's open again. Um, the Saints, you know, they're going to be playing with a little bit of extra emotion. This might be the like the biggest home field advantage of any game. You know, the Giants might have had more home field advantage than any other in this game specifically than any other team in any game this season. Unless Hurricane Barkley decides but... to form. <laughs> oh, good point. Or uh, or uh, Hurricane Danny Dimes, or yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Have you no, guys I heard? Just, have you guys I...
1: heard of Hurricane Clapper? Jason Garrett? I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> oh, man. I just don't see the 0-3 Giants rolling into New Orleans and pulling off an upset against the Saints in a packed crowd. I just I can't see it. I think we're going to get the good Jameis this week. I was on the other end of the, the spectrum. where I was like, you know what, the Giants, I think they're, you know, they're, they're 0-3, but you know what, I think they're going to figure it out this week. I know darn well if I've hit the Giants again this week. They're going to let me down, just like they did last week when I picked them over the Falcons. I thought they were going to beat the Falcons. I really did. I was like, the Falcons are terrible. The Giants are at least better than the Falcons. But that didn't happen. They found a way to lose that game, too, just like they found a way to lose the Washington game. And then, obviously, they didn't even have a chance, you know, week one. You know, what, Broncos, Glad but, uh, you
2: know what, Gledhill? You know what? You know what? Just because you said all that, just be- because you said you can't see – the Giants winning. I Give, me the Giants. Give me the you're, Giants.
1: Give me the Giants. I'm doing taking it? the
2: Giants, boy.
0: I'm taking the Giants, boy. Twenty-one to twelve. Wow. What to twelve? I no, it's not gonna happen.
1: Preston, you single-handedly just did a reverse Jordan Gledhill jinx.
2: Yes, I'm using. I'm predicting
0: he's gonna jinx. I think it's gonna be a close, a close game. I think it's gonna be nineteen to seventeen. Giant, uh, Saints win though.
1: Uh, well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Giants don't even, I'm going to say the Giants don't score more than 20 points and the Saints score exactly 27 points. So I'll say the Giants, the Saints win 27 to 17 pretty comfortably. Yeah, there's no way I'm picking the Giants. I mean, I, I, I know exactly how this game is going to go. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of close the first half. Preston's going to be getting all excited and then the Saints are going to end up pulling away. That defense is going to force Danny Dimes to make mistakes. And yeah, unless we see freaking.
2: Jameis any- Winston's going to go. He's going to throw three picks.
1: If we see that. Giant, the Giants
2: secondary going to step up.
1: If he does that, then yeah, okay. But I, I really hope he does not. Oh, God. Glendhill, if you, if the Giants win this game, I'm blaming this game on you. I'm blaming it on you.
0: I, I think you should blame it on me. I agree with that. <laughs>
1: Okay, thank God the Saints won last week because I was scared picking the uh, picking them against the Patriots. I don't know why for some reason playing in New England on the road against Bill Belichick. I was like, oh, dude, the Saints, and especially after J- how inconsistent Jameis Winston was in that second week, like, oh, dude, the Patriots might win this game. But no, I'm going to stick with my gut. Saints bounce back, they win, and 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 they did, and they they won pretty pretty comfortably. So. Thank you, Saints. Saints, just all you got to do is, deal, is return the favor one more week. Return the favor one more week. I don't know who you're playing in week five, but return it one more week and beat the Giants, please. Don't let their first win be against y'all. They are trash. They're trash. Okay, anyways, let's move on. Next game, we have the Cleveland Browns going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota has won five of the last six games versus Cleveland. Preston, I'm interested to see the over, under, and spread on this game. Do you know what both of them are?
2: Yeah. Cleveland's only favored by one point over under is going to be uh 51 and a half. So they're projecting teams to score around 25 points each.
1: I think that's fair. I think this game could be a possible shootout. I think both teams could easily be capable of scoring 30 points. No doubt about it. I could see this game being very, very good. Is, is it my turn to pick? You know what? I think it is my turn to pick. This game is going to be very determined on if Dalvin cook is back. Dalvin cook missed last week. They said, let's see. He's questionable. Yeah, they have Dalvin cook, Anthony bar and Michael Pierce are all questionable because of that. I'm going to take the safe pick and pick the Browns. I could see the Vikings outscoring them, which is kind of crazy to see, but Hey man, I mean, the Vikings aren't a bad team. They really aren't. I really do think that they should have won that first game versus the Bengals and that week one game. And then the second week, they definitely should have won that game versus the Cardinals. They choked that game because their kicker missed that field goal. So the, the Vikings aren't a bad team. Don't get it twisted. I know they're 1-2, and two, but they could very well be 3-0 right now. I know Preston wasn't as high on the Vikings as I was going into the season, but I think this the Vikings are still capable of winning 10 games this year. I like that team. I like their defense. I like the receiving core with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, then who, who knows what this team can do. So I, I kind of really do want to pick the, the Vikings to win this game, but I'm not going to. Uh, I liked what I saw from the Browns defensive line last week. I, I expect them to make some big plays, and I, I expect the Browns to pull away with the with the shootout win. I, I really do. I think I, I'm glad the Vikings, they, they looked really good versus Seattle. I did say that they were going to finally, they were due for a win. They were due for a win after losing two tough, close games going 0-2. I I said that they were going to go in there and they were going to beat Seattle. They were going to beat Seattle at home without Dalvin Cook. And guess what? They did it. And they beat them pretty convincingly. So the Vikings team, not looking too bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this game. But I got Cleveland hanging on and winning a very close game, 35 to 32. Preston, who do you got?
2: Vegas is begging fans to pick the Vikings' money line. They are begging them. They know the Vikings have had close games, but let's not forget, the Vikings lost to the Bengals. I'm just saying Vikings lost to the Bengals. It was week they had one. a good game it was week they, one. Yep. They had a good game against Arizona. All right. And then last week they beat Seattle, but I, I don't think they're as good as people think. I think they just, they know how to lose games. Kirk cousins knows how to, how to just be almost good enough. And I think the Browns, both teams are, are kind of beat up right now but I think the Browns are just going to be able to run the ball really well against the Vikings. You look at Seattle, a team that can't run the ball. That's a team they beat. You look at the Cardinals. They're they're very good overall team, but they didn't run the ball that well during that game. Edmonds only had eight carries for 46 yards. And then the Bengals, they won Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon ran the ball very well against them. 29 carries 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, And I think the Browns are just going to dominate in the run game. Vikings do not have a great run defense. They struggle against running teams and that's going to keep the ball out of Kirk Cousins hands for a lot of the game. And I don't think they're going to be able to have the momentum home game for the Vikings though. So if they get momentum could potentially be a dub, I'm going to go Browns. You know what? Actually Hmm. no jinx. I'm not jinxing just because it's a home game for the Vikings. I'm not jinxing Browns win big 31 or let's go.
1: 28 no 27 to 16 okay so you got a little being a little bit more one-sided Gledhill. hill oh man this is tough
0: maybe the toughest game we've come to this week i think you'll need to respect kirk cousins a little bit more he's been playing he's been balling out this year he, hey, he's kind of hey, like what do you mean i respect i respect kirk cousins I think probably Preston. Preston needs to respect Kirk Cousins a little bit more. I think he's kind of in that same conversation as like Derek Carr, where like he's been pretty good for a while, and um, okay, you know he's had he's, had, he's shown okay. some incons- inconsistency. What?
2: That was that was disrespectful to Kirk Cousins right there. <laughs> that was disrespectful. He's way better than freaking Derek Carr. Are you kidding me? Wait, Derek Carr's way... been blowing out this Wait, year
1: too. He's way better. Derek than...
2: Carr's Derek Carr's been playing well because. The Raiders actually have a good roster. They've whoa, whoa, built that whoa, whoa, offensive whoa, whoa, lineup. Whoa,
1: whoa. Preston, you think you think Kirk Cousins is better than Derek Carr? Yes. Oh, I call a cap on that. I think Derek Carr. Yeah, what? I, Look I, at the longevity yeah, of their it not Like, it's not like a I think. Long shot. Derek,
0: I think like, Derek, there's a debate. There's a debate
1: about. That. No, no, no. Hey, you know me. I'm I'm probably the biggest Derek Carr. Y'all are y'all are.
2: That's just recency bias for y'all. That's just no, recency bias. No, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr comes is, out and has three good games no, because the Raiders have a good no, roster. No, no, y'all are no, overreacting no. on Derek, Derek Carr big time. Derek, last Derek year, Carr, you guys not would have not said that. You guys would have not person, said that last. year. You
1: know, I'm Derek Carr's biggest critic. You know, I'm the Raiders' biggest critic. But Derek Carr, I have admitted that he has been the most the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. I said he's borderline top ten, and he's at least top twelve in the NFL. No, yes. no, yes, no, yes, dude. Give oh him the, dude. Give him a good defense, and he's borderline top ten quarterback.
2: No, he just needed a good a good offensive line. I, he's a he's a solid quarterback, but he's got weapons now, like. Kirk Cousins has been able to operate in the past without very good weapons. There are tiers. Right? There, are,
1: there, are tiers of quarterbacks. So you obviously got your top ten, right? And I think here I'll, I'll give you my tiers real quick. I'd say they're in the
2: same
0: tier. Yes,
1: they're in they the are. same tier. Yes, yes, I agree with that. They are in the same tier. So you got obviously your your top ten tier, which is Mahomes, Rogers, Wilson, Allen, Dak, Brady, Lamar, Kyler, Stafford, and Herbert. Okay, so those are the top ten. And then you have the next tier of quarterbacks that are kind of like on the border. And I would say in that category is Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, and Kirk Cousins. Maybe Joe Burrow kind of on the cusp too, but not quite. Okay. Those guys right there. I think Derek Carr is better than Tannehill. I think Derek Carr is better than Matt Ryan. And I think Derek Carr is better than Baker and Kirk Cousins. Personally.
2: I don't think he's better than Baker or Kirk Cousins, but I agree with you on the other two.
1: Okay. Well, fair enough. I'd,
2: I'd say, I'd say, yeah, it's, it's relatively close. But y'all are just saying Derek Carr is better just because of these, these first three games of the season. I, dude, I think, it's, I think it's definitive that Kirk Cousins is just ahead of Derek Carr. I, I think it's, yeah, it's close. They're in the same tier. They're in the same realm. But I just think it's definitive that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. I'm just saying that.
1: Would you say Derek Carr is better than Ryan Tannehill? Yes. Okay.
2: But that's because Ryan Tannehill just relies on the play action.
1: Yeah. Um, I and you could
2: say the same thing. You could say the same thing for Derek Carr a little bit that really helps him out, but he, he is able to throw out of the shotgun when he needs to, um, especially because he's got his weapons and Waller, um, Henry Ruggs and a bunch of those guys.
1: So, Gledhill, I, I don't know what, how you feel about all this. Well, I
0: don't think you want. I don't think you, you can. I don't think you should overreact too much, but I think Derek Carr has been pretty, you know, pretty good for a long time. And finally, he's, you know, we're beginning to see that this year because, he he has some really good pieces around him, and Henry Ruggs is is kind of is playing really really well, and Hunter Renfro has emerged as a really really strong slot receiver.
1: Uh, he hasn't been really he hasn't
2: been pretty good for a long time though. Y'all were literally just talking last year about how John Gruden hates Derek Carr and they need a new quarterback. Y'all were literally didn't just say talking that. about that I didn't, last I didn't year. Say that. Y'all weren't saying that about Kirk Cousins. Yes, you guys did. hundred percent, you guys did. I said, Derek, had that I, no, no, I, was, I, I, was saying I that said,
0: like, Deshaun Watson's available, then you go get Deshaun Watson. But outside of that, it's like, I think Derek Carr is still a, a strong starter. I don't think, I'm not saying that. I, I never said that they needed to
1: draft a guy. I, Preston, I said he was safe. I said he was too safe as a quarterback. But I still don't think, I don't, I've never thought Kirk Cousins was that last great. Year, la, last year,
2: did you? No, we've never said that Kirk Cousins is great. Yeah. So we, I don't think they're in so, the same tier. Exactly. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, y'all have last year y'all definitely had Kirk Cousins above Derek Carr. Am I right or am I wrong?
1: No. I don't think I've ever had Kirk Cousins Oh my Carr.
2: bro, you are mad capping right now. No. Let's
1: move on. Let's move on. Whoa. Let's let me to get disagree. into my pick but
2: y'all are game. mad I capping.
0: I haven't I haven't picked this uh I haven't picked this Vikings game yet. Uh and I will say I'm gonna take the Browns in this game just because I think Baker is gonna be in a better position to succeed because I like the Browns' O line better, and I like—I think the run game. I think there's more security in their run game right now. I think Baker's gonna be more set up for success. Even though I think it's debatable whether Baker's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, but I think he's gonna be in a better position to succeed in this game tomorrow or on, on Sunday. I think the Browns are gonna get it done. I think it—I think it's like a it'll be like a 34-31 game really really excited though because I think the I think the Vikings are they, they look better than I thought they would coming into this year but I think this is gonna be a nice little test for their offense and for Kirk cousins so uh, they haven't they haven't seen a pass rusher like uh, Miles Garrett yet so
1: Preston I, I just want you to understand from what I'm saying is like I am not trying to say that what I've said about Derek Carr in the past wasn't true because what I've said about him is true I said that he was too safe in the past I've shitted on the Raiders I said that John Gruden was bad. I am not denying anything that I have said about Derek Carr in the past, but I don't remember ever overrating Kirk cousins like that. I don't remember ever overrating him.
2: I didn't say you overrated Kirk cousins. I'm just saying y'all definitely had Kirk cousins over Derek Carr in the past.
0: Well, I don't There's, know if we've,
2: the way y'all we, talked about both of them, the way y'all talk about both of them, y'all definitely had Kirk cousins over Derek Carr in the past. It's just because, Derek Carr had a good I have, first three games I this have season, never recency con- bias. I have
1: never considered Kirk Cousins anywhere close to a top 10 QB. I've considered Derek Carr borderline. That's why I don't think he's better. But they're in the same tier. They're in the same tier, but I still think Derek Carr is better. But we can agree to disagree. This is, a good, this is a topic we can talk about some other time. All right, let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We have the Detroit Lions going on the road to play the Chicago Bears. Chicago is 5-1 versus Detroit in the Matt Nagy era. Hmm. Preston, do we go ahead and give the AIDS game of the week to the Jaguars and the Bengals? Or we're going to give it to this game because I don't uh, I don't know about this one.
2: I don't know the the Bengals are two and one. They have two pretty good wins. So honestly, I want to give it to this this game right here. You got the Detroit Lions who are and three. They have had some pretty um, impressive losses, though, like last week uh, against the Ravens and then week one when they came back against the 49ers. Uh, and then the Bears have just been—they've just been awful. They happened to beat the Bengals in week two, week two, which was low key sort of a, a surprise. Bengals could low key be three and zero, oh. but yeah, I, I'd go ahead and give it to this game.
1: If that's the case, go ahead and do the honors, Preston.
2: All right. In this week's Aids game of the week, we have the Detroit Lions zero three, going up on the road against the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears dealing with Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, the Red Mamba out, bringing in Justin Fields, rookie, lots of excitement, slowest release in the draft as an NFL quarterback prospect. So look forward to that. Look forward to a lot of interceptions, a lot of bad plays, a lot of late throws because of his slow release. With that being said, I am going to take the Detroit Lions to win this game against the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears are favored by three points. I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions 24 to 21. Game-winning field goal. Wow. Actually 13
1: to 10. Oh, God, Lee. Okay. Gledhill, are you going to take, you take your Chicago boys? Nope, I'm taking the Lions.
0: Um, <laughs> I, and I, I'm doing this because I think the team culture around the Lions right now, I think it's – my guess is that it's a little bit better right now. I think they've – yes, they're 0-3. But they're, they're showing fight. It shows like they're really buying into what Dan Cam- Campbell is doing there because they, you know, they did not have to come back against the 49ers. I mean, they, you know, I, th- I feel like in the Patricia era, they wouldn't have done anything like that. I thought they were dead in that game. They came back and, and really fought late, even though realistically, I mean, that game was pretty much over. You know, they made it a game and, and almost pulled it out and sent it to overtime. And then, you know, we saw that loss, you know, the, they looked good early on in the Packers game, but that one was tough on the road. Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams kind of came alive there throughout the game. And then, you know, that Ravens game was tough too. So, I mean, you, you're looking at three really tough opponents, 49ers, Packers, and Ravens to start the season. I think this might be a little bit of a, you know, coming out party for the Lions. So I think their players are buying into Dan Campbell. They're playing really hard. They're not giving up. You can see in the games that they're playing, they look different than they did during the Patricia era, you know, these players are all in. I I have to say, I think the Lions are going to win this game. I think Jared Goff is the more reliable quarterback right now. It's kind of weird to say that, but he's been looking pretty good uh, this season so far. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions 27 to 20. Nope. 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 Wow. I'm surprised. (laughs) Go for it, though.
1: No, Nope. nope. Not doing it. Got the Bears. Got the Bears winning. Uh, yeah. And specifically because of their defense. I think the defensive side of the ball is going to give Jared Goff a lot of problems. But I will say, Gledhill, if the Lions do win this game, this could be a coming out party for their offense. This could be a coming out party for Jared Goff being their franchise quarterback. However, I just don't see it. I think the Lions, if they want to win this game, they're going to have to rely heavily on DeAndre Swift because I think DeAndre Swift is a guy that they really want to acclimate into their offense a lot. So I could see them getting the better of it, but I really do like Chicago's defense. I do like Chicago's defense. All they got to do is just make the right decision at quarterback. And I I talked about Matt Nagy. I talked about that horrible front office, but I I do think that they're going to find a way to win this game. I think they're going to win 24 to 20. I do expect this game to be close. I think the spread is actually pretty fair. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions win division game. You never know, but five and one versus Detroit in the Matt Nagy era, the Lions are significantly worse now without Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford isn't out there bailing them out to win this game. The Lions have showed promise. They're just not ready yet to get their first win. Not for me, not in my picks. I got the Bears winning this game 24 to 20. I'm going to keep it at that. I got nothing else to say about this game. Next game we got the Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. Carson Wentz has lost seven straight games, longest streak of his career. You know, he got banged up a little bit two weeks ago versus the Rams. Comes back, plays a uh, Tennessee team, and they just get the better of them. Preston, what's the spread in this game?
2: Miami's favored by two and a half.
1: Okay, Miami's favored by two and a half. Preston, does that spread surprise you at all?
2: It's interesting. Uh, Dolphins are obviously at home. The Colts are better than 0-3. They're they're a better team than 0-3. I agree. Uh you know, they obviously they had three tough opponents to start the season. Um, Carson Wentz is I haven't watched a single Colts game this year. I've been wanting to. I plan on hopefully watching this game because I, I want to see how Carson Carson Wentz looks. So I, I don't have a, an opinion on Carson Wentz. Y'all can fill in that for me. But as far as the Dolphins look, you know, Jacoby Brissett, average quarterback, obviously not built to be a starter this year, you know, and the Dolphins do have a talented roster. So this is probably one of the tougher games of the week for start. We're starting to get into all the tough games.
1: Yeah, this is a tough game, but the reason I'm going to go ahead and pick the Miami Dolphins to win this game is because of the injuries to the Colts. The Colts actually five starters out versus the Miami Dolphins this week. I know they're a lot better than 0-3. they are They're definitely a lot better than that. But the Dolphins are a lot better than one and two. I think the Dolphins are a lot better than one and two. I, I said they're a very well-coached defensive team with Brian Flores. 25 straight games with one or more takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. That's super impressive. Jason Myers had a tough outing versus the uh, the Buffalo Bills. They couldn't score a single point. I really do think they could have if they wanted to. But I think that game just shows how good the Bills are. Uh, but Jason Myers, 37 straight made field goals. That was snapped this past week against the uh, the Raiders. I really like the way Jacoby Brissett stepped up and played in that game. Tough game in, in Allegiant Stadium. Got him to OT. I mean, they, they, they almost won that game. I think the Dolphins are a lot better than 1-2. and two. I really do. I think they're a lot better than 1-2, and two, similar to the Colts being 0-3. and 3. So I expect this game to be close. I expect this game to be close. I was thinking, I was leaning towards the Colts all week. I really was. I, I think a lot of people have been picking the Colts to win this game on upset alert. But Darius Leonard ankle. Quentin Nelson now on injury reserve. This will be his first game that he's missed in his whole career. Quiddy Pay, hamstring hurt right now. Braden Smith, their other offensive lineman, thumb and foot is hurt. And then they also have Rakia Sin, Jonathan Taylor's banged up, and then Carson Wentz still coming off the ankle injury. So too many injury questions on that side. I am concerned for the Colts, and I'm going to go ahead and take the uh, the Dolphins to win this game. I think the Dolphins are going to win a really close game. I'm going to say Dolphins win similar score to the last game to 24 to 20. I'll say 23 to 20. Glad who do you you got?
0: Yeah, I got to agree with you. Um, I'm going to take uh, the Miami Dolphins in this game. I just have a little bit more faith in their roster as a whole right now. And I was maybe going to lean towards the Colts if Brissett struggled last week, but he looked pretty good against the Raiders. And I have more – I mean, believe it or not, I have more faith in the Raiders' defense right now than I do the Colts' defense. So I think Brissett's going to look pretty good this weekend. You know, get it done for the the, – get it done for the Dolphins. He might be better than Tua, honestly. I kind of – I hate to say that, but that might be the truth, honestly. Dolphins may have a decision to make coming up, but – I, I just trust their roster a little bit more right now. I trust their defense. I, I think Brian Flores is still a really solid coach. They almost came away with the road win against the Raiders. That was a really fun game to watch last weekend. So I, I just I just have a little bit more faith in the in, in the Dolphins right now. So I think they're going to win a really close game, 24-27. Or sorry, 27-24. But I, again, this, this is this might be the toughest game of the week to predict. And we got a lot of tough ones. This, this might be the toughest of all of them. Cause I, I, I don't like the idea of, of the Colts being 0 and 4. I just think, you know, they're too well coached for that. I, you know, I think their general manager, Chris Ballard, I think he's one of the best in the business. I, I just don't, it's tough to see them being 0 and 4, but the injury bugs really hit this team. And Carson Wentz has been playing a little bit reckless and uh, that led to him having some injury concerns last week. And I just, I hate to say it, you know, I was high on Wentz coming into the season but I think uh, I, I may have a little bit more faith in uh, Jacoby Brissett at the moment, so I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins here,
1: and it's in Miami, right? It is in Miami. Uh, both teams are are desperate yeah. for win. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and uh, you know, even though it's only Week Four, and this might seem like a little bit of an overreaction, I do think that these this this game right here could decide if, if either team makes the playoffs or not. I think you know, if oh, the yeah. Colts, I agree with that. If, if the Colts go zero and four, there's no way, like they're a lost cause. And, and same with the Dolphins. The Dolphins don't want to go one and three. Like, you just don't want to make that. You don't want that to happen, especially with their starting quarterback, who you're still trying to figure a lot of things out. Like, you, you don't want to go to one, three. So both teams are desperate for a win. And that, that could mean this game could be very well, uh, very good. So we'll see. Preston, did you did you pick who a winner yet?
2: No. But I'm going to pick the Dolphins for all the same reasons that you guys did. I just think, you know, the Colts are too beat up. And I, I think, you know, Miami being at home, that's a, that's a big factor as well. If the Colts were healthy, I think this would be a, a, um, an easy pick as far as picking the Colts with them being more desperate for a win, but with the injuries, uh, I'm going to go ahead and stick with the Dolphins uh, 27 to 24,
1: 27, 24. All right. Gotcha. Next game. We got the Washington football team going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Oh God. I mean, this could be in the running for AIDS game of the week too, uh, but you know, Washington not being terrible. I'll, I'll I'll say it's not. And the Falcons finally got a win. So that that saved them for, for making this AIDS game of the week. Atlanta has won six straight games versus the Washington football team. Something to note, Preston, what is the spread in this game? Washington is favored by one and a half. Washington is favored by one and a half. Gledhill, did Taylor Heineke and the boys bounce back after getting obliterated by Buffalo. This is another tough one, man.
0: Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say their D-line is gonna be the uh, is going to be the X factor in this game. I just, I just don't really have much faith in the Falcons uh, right now. I, I don't have faith in their coaching staff. I don't have faith in the pieces around Matt Ryan, that O-line, the receivers uh, outside of maybe Calvin Ridley, their run game, their defense at all. I don't have any faith in their defense. So I think, uh, I think Taylor Heineke has better pieces around him coming into this game. I, I like Terry McLaurin to have a, have a solid day for my fantasy team. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say Washington wins this game 32 26.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree, but I don't think it's going to be that high scoring offensively. This game going to be a little, a little bit lower scoring, but I agree with you. I think the difference maker will be the defensive line of the Washington football team. I, I don't care if it's in Atlanta. I really don't. I mean, that it's not like Atlanta has home field advantage anyways, like they are the, the Atlanta Falcons at the end of the day. So they're, they're very fortunate that they, they squawk out a win versus the freaking uh, Giants there, but they'll come back to reality when Matt Ryan gets completely obliterated by this defensive line. So I got the Washington winning. Yeah, I think they shut him down. I'm going to say the Washington football team, I agree that they win, but it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. So I'll say that the Washington football team win this game 21 to 14. Preston.
2: Man, the Falcons have been hoeing me this year, bro. I picked them once this year. I picked them against the Eagles, um, and then I had the Giants last week, and then, of course, the Falcons beat the Giants. Man, dude, literally, like, I I don't know how good they are. Then Washington's defense, they've been holding me, too, because I thought they were going to be the best defense in the league this year. I had them in, like, all my fantasy leagues. I drafted Washington defense. They're the worst defense in fantasy this year as of right now. They were number 32 in the league in fantasy defense. So both these teams have literally pissed me off this whole year. With that being said, because Washington's defense isn't what I think and because the Falcons beat the Giants last week and both y'all picked Washington, I'm going to have to stick with my gut and go with the home team. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons this week. Falcons, if you let me down this week, I'm not picking you the rest of the year. Don't
1: let me down. I thought about picking the Falcons, but then I thought like, seeing what the Philadelphia Eagles defense did to Matt Ryan that first week, I was like, there's no way I can possibly pick the, the Falcons. Like, I think it's going to be like a similar game like that. Uh, I, I just didn't see it. I mean, I hope the Falcons win. Shoot, I hope they win because, Preston, I do agree with you. The Washington football's defense has been overrated this year. It really has been overrated. And that makes me really excited for the Cowboys for how, op- how well they've been playing offensively to play them because I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, Washington's defense is so much better. Their defense is so much better than Dallas's offense is. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm excited to play them. Really excited to play them. Their defensive line is still really good. Don't get me wrong, but I think their secondary is overrated. And I think overall, they've just been disappointing.
2: Yeah, dude, their, their coverage is so lackadaisical in the secondary. It's It's been terrible. Like, quarterbacks are able to get the ball out of their hands in two seconds. Like, Chase Young can't get to the quarterback in two seconds. Doesn't matter how good or how fast you are. Miles Garrett, like, you know, you see him freaking shape-shifting to get to the backfield, and he can't get there in two seconds. So um, as far as the final score goes, uh, I'm, I'm going to choose like a weird score. I'm going to go 15 to 12.
1: Falcons. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on into the next game. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. The NFC West, baby. The NFC West. This is where they start beating the hell out of each other. The division games are coming. We got two back-to-back ones here. Let's start with this first one. The Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers. Russell Wilson, 15 and 4. Record versus San Francisco. That's including the playoffs. The most wins versus any opponent ever. Wow. Okay. Something to note. Preston, what is the spread in this game?
2: Um, The 49ers are favored by two
1: and a half. 49ers are favored by two and a half. And give me them to bounce back this week. I do not like Seattle this year. I do not like how their defense is. I I honestly really am just not a fan of Seattle. I think they are the worst team in that division. I will go on a limb and say that right now. They are the worst team in the NFC West right now. Cardinals are playing good. 49ers, yes, they had a tough game, but they really did beat. They beat themselves versus the Packers. They beat themselves. They thought that they could score with all that time left and not have to worry about Aaron Rodgers. Nope, nope, nope. You were wrong. You were wrong. And you made a huge mistake. And that's why you're not 3-0. That is why you are not 3-0. You made a horrible, careless mistake. Kyle Shanahan, wrong on you. Shame on you. You should have won that game versus the Packers. I think you come back to reality. You bounce back. And you outcoach Pete Carroll, who is outdated. You outcoach the Seattle Seahawks and you win this game at home. I like the 49ers this game. Give me the 49ers 27 to 24. Gledo, who do you got?
0: Yeah, this one's tough. But you know what? Man, I got I got faith in Russell Wilson, man. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks to win this oh, game.
1: Oh, did hey, hey. didn't you have faith in him last week? What happened? What happened last week? They lost to the Vikings. They lost to Minnesota Vikings without Dalvin Cook. Go ahead. Go have faith in Russell Wilson. Have a faith in him again. Do it again. No, I'm going to do it again.
0: I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm picking the Seahawks in this game. 27, 26. It's going to be a great game. he made some great points, but I, I don't think, I don't think the roster around Russell Wilson's too bad. It's not as bad as it had been as it was last year. I think they have a better roster this year. And I think they're going to beat the 49ers in this game. 27, 26. Am I going to pick Jimmy G to win a game over Russell Wilson? I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick that. I think, I think Russell Wilson is that great. 27-26. Seahawks Seahawks bounce back, not the Niners. Boom.
1: Preston.
2: You hear that sound, Glad That's the sound of you sucking Russell Wilson off. Bro, dude, okay, they're going to split this year, but the 49ers are not going to lose this game at home. 49ers have looked too good the first three weeks of the season. You know, granted, both teams are a little beat up right now. Tyler Lockett might not play. Uh, George Kittle might not play. And then Kawan Williams is out. Josh Norman is out. So that San Francisco secondary, that's definitely a, a reason for concern there. And so you might you might get Russell Wilson having a really good game, and you, this might turn into a shootout. It probably will turn into a shootout. But I, I don't see the Seattle winning at home. I've got 49ers um, winning in a high-scoring game, 31-28. to 28.
1: All right, fair enough. Let's move on. Arizona Cardinals going on the road to play the L.A. Rams. This is another NFC West showdown. L.A. Rams have won eight straight games versus Arizona. Preston, spread it in this game.
2: Uh, the Rams are favored by four.
1: Rams are favored by four. Okay, I, I just want to come out here and, and say that I was wrong about last week. I apologize. I I really... I just really, I was more scared for picking the Rams last week because I knew the second that I would have picked against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady would have proved me wrong and won him that game. But Hey man, the Rams are legit. The Rams are, you gotta be happy for happy for Matthew Stafford. He's just in a perfect situation. He's, you know, showing that, you know, it was Detroit's fault the whole time. I mean, he's always been elite, man. I, I love, I love this Rams team. I love, you know, defensive side of the ball. I did say that if, their, their weakest link is definitely their run game, but it's still not bad. It's still not bad at all. The thing is about them is they're so good in the passing game that their run game doesn't have to be that great because their, their passing attack is just so crazy. Cooper cup is playing phenomenal. Like he is playing so good, bro. I am like amazed how amazing he's playing right now. And I knew that I knew I texted Preston and Glenn this. I knew that game was over at halftime because I totally forgot about this stat last year. It started popping up after every game last year, Sean was thirty nine and zero when leading at halftime, and now they won that game by fourteen points. Or they they won that game by ten points, but it was a garbage time touchdown in Tampa Bay's favor, so they really won by seventeen points. They were ahead of about seventeen points that whole game. He is now forty and zero when leading at halftime. If the Rams have a lead at halftime, don't pick against them. That's all I got to say. I mean, they're 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 going to find a way to win the game. So, uh, yeah. But Glendale, I'll let you start this one because I started the last one. Forty and know at halftime. I mean, you got to be happy for Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Well,
0: it's 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 a pretty cool formula, right? I heard it was like a, like a comparison to Bill Walsh back when he had his dynasty um, with the Niners. Sean McVay's been so good at you know not only coming out with a good script and having success you know early on in the game, but then he's also really good at adjusting and getting his team ready to play in the second half. You know after they talk things over over you know during halftime. So it's just uh, it's a tough formula to beat. The Rams are rolling right now. You know, as dynamic as Kyler Murray is, he's been more inconsistent than Matthew Stafford. Um, I I trust Matthew Stafford more right now. I trust Sean McVay, you know, as a coach a little bit more right now. You know, I have no reason to pick against the Rams right now. I think they're they're the best team in football. And I don't think I'm going to pick them to lose until they show some more vulnerability and they do lose a game. So. You know, it's a division game. It could be really interesting. It's probably going to be closer than people think. You know, they're like, oh, you beat the Buccaneers by 10. You know, and of course, there's that garbage time touchdown. So maybe you beat them by more. But, you know, oh, they're going to blow out the, the Cardinals. But I don't think it really works like that in, in NFC West games. I, I think it's going to be close. Really fun. But I, I'll take the uh, Rams to win this game 34-31. I just have no reason to pick against them right now. 30-25, to 25,
1: Rams win. I agree with everything you said, Gladhill. I'm not going to pick against the Rams unless they give me a reason to. So uh, I like what the Cardinals have been doing three and zero. but I, I do really, they've shown a lot of flaws in, in some of these games should have lost to Minnesota did play kind of sus in that first half versus Jacksonville, Arizona showing a couple of, of weak spots on their team, but I expect this game to be fun. I expect Kyler Murray to go in there and and, and make some pretty good plays, but overall, I just think the Rams are just going to be too much. There's just going to be too much. And if you think I'm picking Cliff Kingsbury to outcoach Sean McVay, you're crazy. So 30 to 25. This could be a pretty fun one. Closer than people might think. Rams win. Preston, who do you got?
2: Yeah, Sean McVay is a much better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. Rams are going to be the number one seed in the NFC this year. I'm saying that right now. Rams go in there, win in a fun game, just like you guys are saying. Let's go 38 to 30.
1: Sounds good. And Kyler Murray is looking like uh, one of the MVP favorites early on this season. I did say he was a dark horse for MVP. I would love to see him win MVP this year. It's just going to depend on how the Cardinals end up finishing this year. So we'll see what happens. Next game, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Pittsburgh has won five straight games versus Green Bay. This is the first time that Aaron Rodgers will face Big Ben since the Super Bowl. So I mean, even though it's five straight for the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, in the last time they played in the in the playoffs was that Super Bowl game, and Green Bay won in AT&T Stadium. First time that they've played each other in a while. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how these quarterbacks are in different parts of their career right now. You know, Big Ben. You know, we look at him and we we think, oh God, like this dude is uh, why is he still playing? How is he not retired? Looking at the Bengals game, just the way he like some of the balls he threw. I, I saw a play where. I literally don't know what Mike Tomlin was thinking on this play call, but, and it could have been somebody else and it could have been like their offensive coordinator or somebody else that called it. But you know, I think it was fourth and five or fourth and eight definitely wasn't a play that you can just like run. You had to throw it. They were inside the red zone and they, they did Harris on a little wheel route and big Ben literally just dumped it off to him. And he went like two yards well short of the first down. Didn't go anywhere. Turnovers on downs. I was like, why in the world would you run that play? And, and like it, it was just a disaster. It's pretty much just sums up how the Steelers' offense has been this whole season, just really flat. They rely too much on Najee Harris. That Bengals game, they looked terrible. The fact that Big Ben was battling a pectoral injury and he threw the ball 58 times. Like, you can't do that. You, you can't expect to win games that way. And Steelers offense, like this is a team but I'm not high on. I say that this team is going to be heavily carried by their defense. And it's looking like that's what it's going to be. And their offense plays so bad at points in the game that it kind of negatively affects their defense In times. You know, that Bengals game, their offense played so bad that it didn't matter how good their defense was because eventually all we, they're out on the game. The time of possession starts wearing you down. You're going to eventually give up points. Like, there's no getting around it. So, and, and it doesn't favor them going against a, a Green Bay team that, you know, they're, they're starting to get the rhythm down a little bit. Still not a big fan of them. I really do think that they should have lost that San Francisco game. But, hey, you live and you learn. You can't give Aaron Rodgers that much time. So, Preston, what is the spread in this game? Green Bay favored by six. Green Bay's favored by six. I think that's a fair spread. Preston, who do you got taking, uh, Who you got winning this one?
2: Yeah, yeah, Big Ben. I, they need to find somebody new at quarterback, unfortunately. Um, he had a good career, but I think he needs to retire after the season. He keeps on getting too beat up um, with the pec injury, and now they're having him throw the ball like 58 t- times. Didn't we talk about last week, how they need to just keep on running the ball and feeding Najee Harris. Stephen A. Smith talked about it last year. The Steelers identity as a football team has always been running the football. Why is that changed? Mike Tomlin, why why are you changing that now? When you know your quarterback's old and he's deteriorated and you're throwing the ball 58 times, dude, focus on running the football, run the football, run the football, run the football, be more creative with your play calls, be more creative with different runs and freaking power the ball with Najee Harris. You got the best young running back in last year's class, as far as just strictly as a running back, not as a receiver, use him, use him, try to make him great, try to make him better. And, you know, if you can't get the, the ball running, um, then you got to mix up and be more creative with your play calls. Bottom line Packers go and win this game 28 to 10
1: blowout. out. Hill. Yeah. It's
0: interesting because last year, We kind of saw some signs that Big Ben was aging, you know, later in the season when when they started to lose some games and, you know, start to look, you know, less like, you know, a top team in the NFL and more like a team that was going to be, you know, entering the first round and being bounced out early, um, which is, of course, what happened. You know, we started to see signs that Big Ben was aging later in the season last year. I think the most notable game for me, at least when I noticed it, was that Bengals game on the road uh, when they got upset. And I was like, oh, shoot, the Steelers are not looking good right now. They're they're kind of falling off. You know, Big Ben, He's his decision-making starting to fall off a little bit. He's He hasn't been mobile in a long time. Yeah, this year we're seeing early on in the season. And I, I just think the Steelers have a lot of questions offensively. Packers are coming off a big win against the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers is still looking like Aaron Rodgers. I saw a couple of the throws he made in that game, and it was just fun to watch. And I, I just think the Packers – are going to be able to do a little bit more offensively, even though you know I I think maybe they'll they'll be sl- they'll be slowed down early in this game. It may maybe may take the Packers a quarter quarter and a half to get going. Uh, we know the Steelers can always show up on defense, but um, it'll it'll probably be like a twenty four to seventeen type of win for the Packers.
1: I think if I'm Mike Tomlin and I want to win this game, I'm literally throwing everything at Devontae Adams, literally everything at him. Double team him if you have to. I don't care. Like the fact that. Looking at that game last week, how much, like how much of a difference maker Devontae Adams is and how much Aaron Rodgers was that dude. Like you can make adjustments on him. Like, just think about it. Devontae Adams had 19 targets in that game versus San Francisco. 19 targets. The next Packer wide receiver had four. Like that is a huge difference. And I talked about how the Packers did not do a good job in the draft you know, drafting Jordan Love that year, you know, we, we all talked about that and getting AJ Dillon instead of T Higgins. Like the fact that they did all that, like they could have had T Higgins as a number two guy. And, and, and instead you have Marquez Valdez Scantley, who's inconsistent as hell. You got freaking Alan Lazard. Who's who's better as a number three guy. And then they, they, they released Devin Funches Cause that dude didn't end up working out with him. Cause he kept getting hurt for them. So the fact that their next biggest target has four, Devonte Devontae Adams 19. Like that's a, you know, that they like force feeding Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams. So if I'm Mike Tallon, I'm the Steelers. I'm freaking doubling Devontae Adams. I'm giving that dude problems. I'm helping him at safety. I'm doing everything I can to shut down Devontae Adams. Cause you know, where Aaron Rodgers is going, you know, where he's going and uh, you know, if he start. but you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers, if he sees that he'll get other people involved and he'll mix in the run game too. But yeah, I expect the, I expect the Packers to win this game pretty easily. I think the spread is fair. I think they go over a little bit. I think the Packers win. Let's go 28 to 19. All right, let's go ahead and move on into the next game. We got the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. Battle of former Louisville quarterbacks between Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. That's kind of interesting there. I guess you could say playoff indicator right here, especially for the division, just because, you know, the Broncos, we're going to find out of how for real they really are the Ravens just kind of squeaking out some wins, but we don't really know how good they are yet. I mean, they, they seem like they're, they're, you know, they're a top team in the AFC, but we just, we just don't know that game versus the is a little controversy. We talked a little bit about that, you know, just a lot of interesting things going in there. You know, like I say, with the Louisville quarterbacks, you also got, you know, the coaching of, of uh, the, the Ravens saying that with Justin Tucker, after hitting those field goals, you know, they, they said that Justin Tucker hit two field goals from 68 yards in practice. Uh, the other day, the Ravens are going to Denver in thin air this Sunday, mile high, you know how it is. And they said that they're going to try to break that 66 yard field goal record nearly a week after they did it. And if only if the opportunity presents itself, so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Preston, what is the spread in this game?
2: So the spread is actually even, so this is a pick them.
1: Pick them. Uh, honestly, I have no idea who I'm going to pick. Uh, you know, something to note, Lamar Jackson, He's leading the NFL in yards per completion and yards per carry. He's also top four in the NFL in rushing yards right now. So I I really do think if the Ravens do want to win this game, they're going to have to get their passing game game back. Uh, Good news for them, Rashad Bateman is off injury reserve. They just activated him, but he's most likely not going to be able to play until the next week. So don't expect anything out of their passing game just yet. But Hollywood Brown's got to figure out something with the drop mistakes. He keeps dropping a lot of crucial balls in that Lions game. That game could have been a lot more of a blowout for the Ra- in the Ravens' favor if Hollywood would have just caught a couple more passes. He didn't, and that's why it came down to the very end. Which I mean, you could have said easily that the the Ravens should have lost that game because of that delay of game that should have been called. And but uh, you know, obviously, if Hollywood Browns makes those catches early on in the game, you know, the Ravens win that game pretty comfortably. But they didn't. <sighs> Glenhill, I know you're you're a little more high on the Broncos than me and Preston are. I know you have them as a as a for sure top ten team. I just need to personally see more. But who do you like in this game?
0: Yeah, this one's tough. You guys can hear me, right? I'm, I'm in the car now.
1: Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, just making sure. Um, yeah, this one this one's really tough.
0: It, I mean, I, I said that the Dolphins Colts uh, might be tough just because there's a lot of variables there, and that is obviously true. But there's <sighs> I mean, Denver has figured out a formula, right? We, we know that. They have that defense, right? Vic Fangio, we, we know he can coach defense. We, we've known that in past years. People are obviously going to be a little bit higher on him so far this year because the team's winning. But he's a defensive coach, and so they, they figured out they're going to work it. We're going to win with defense, and we're going to have a quarterback who isn't going to make a ton of mistakes. He's going to get it done, Do it. make sure that we're not turning the ball over, you know, setting up a short field for our defense. And it's worked for them so far. Then again, we just, we don't, we don't really know yet. They haven't really, I mean, shoot, they played, well, they played the Giants. They have played the Jaguars and who else? The, the Jets. Texans? The Jets. The Jets, that's who it is. Yeah. So I, I don't know yet. This, this is going to be a big game for them, obviously. I'm interested to see how they're able to run the ball and what Teddy Bridgewater is going to look like, because I, I, I think there's a lot, there's still some, we're still trying to figure out exactly what t- Teddy Bridgewater can do this year. Yeah, so coming from New Orleans and being under Drew Brees for, for that year, you know maybe, maybe he learned a lot there and is now able to succeed a little bit more at the Broncos. I'm trying to think who to pick in this game. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Denver Broncos in an upset. Some people might say it's an upset. Some people might not. I think the Broncos are playing super well right now. I think there's a little bit more uncertainty with the Ravens, you know, losing J.K. Dobbins. You know, they're maybe struggling to run the ball a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Hollywood Brown with the drops. I think Denver has a better defense. And even though Lamar is obviously more dynamic, he's, he's the better quarterback in this matchup. I think he, he might be a little bit more mistake-prone. And I think Teddy has good enough pieces around him to build, succeed. I think Tim Patrick for the Broncos is the guy who stepped up pretty big, a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Broncos can do in this game. I think they're going to get a nice 28-24 win.
1: <sighs> this is a prove-me-wrong Denver Broncos type of game. And so prove me wrong. That's all I got to say. Denver Broncos, prove me wrong. I need to see more. I know y'all's defense is elite. Von Miller, AFC Defensive Player of the Month. And this is coming off of a guy who had ankle surgery and didn't play and missed the whole 2020 season. So, you know, their defense is elite. They're going to give Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team a lot of problems, but I just think the Ravens are going to find a way to win. And this is just like a prove me wrong type of game for the Broncos. So I'm going to stay, I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to pick up the team that is favorite, the team that I think is better and the team who, who just has the better quarterback. So I'm going to take Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to win 28 to 24. I think this will come down to the last possession. The Ravens hang on and win. And prove me wrong, Denver. That's all I got to say. I just, I, I I know y'all, I know y'all's defense is elite, but show me that you all are an elite team. Show me that you're that top 10 team that a lot of people are saying, and tell me that you're that top 10 team that Gledhill has been talking about this whole, uh, this whole, these past three games. Show me that you showed me that and the team. uh, You took care of business. You beaten the bad teams. You beaten the bad teams. Now this is your first test. Let's see how for real y'all are. Ravens win 28, 24. Prove me wrong, Denver. Preston, who do you got?
2: Yeah, so this is a game where I'm going to pick the opposite of what I think is going to happen. And I think that the Ravens are going to win this game. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Broncos. I'm going to say the Broncos win 20 to 17.
1: Okay. So you're saying like knowing that you think the Ravens are going to win, the Broncos are going to win. Yes. Okay. That's fair. God, dude, we're all going to be like spread it out this week. We picked so many different games. Holy crap. This is ridiculous. And we're still not done. We got a couple more to go. Three more to go. Let's get them out of the way. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going on the road to play the New England Patriots. Brady returning to New England for the first time since joining Tampa Bay. I mean, this has been all over the media. This news has been everywhere. This is probably going to be the most watched game this, this week. No doubt about it. Everybody wants to see Brady return to New England. You know, him versus Belichick. Who was the man all along? I mean, obviously all these stories coming out with, you know, Brady didn't want to play with Belichick since 2017 and then you know Brady and Belichick's conversation their their goodbye conversation when he left to Tampa Bay with the whole oh it was over the phone he didn't talk to me and then and then Bill Belichick finally addressing all the rumors and saying I've always respected Brady and I never wanted him to leave blah 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 so you know you know how they get the media is just always twisting everything and and trying to, they're trying to get a storyline out of out of this big matchup, this most anticipated matchup for Brady returning to, to Foxborough. And, and you know, it's smart. Why wouldn't you? You're going to hear that all week long. You're going to hear that all weekend long about Brady and Belichick, all the drama and everything. I don't need to go too much into detail on that. Obviously, I think Tom Brady was, was more of the success. I mean, it was a system, but I do think that Brady was the main factor of it. Don't really need to go into that. I mean, just some interesting things to note this is the largest age gap of any QB matchup in NFL history with Brady being 44 years old and Mac Jones being 23. So this could be like, not really like the passing of the torch, but more of just like the passing of the torch of like Brady, you know, this is, this is not my team anymore. This is, you know, Mac Jones's team. And, and if this is your franchise guy, then, you know, you know, you're the young dude coming in and this is your team now. And, and let's see if Brady can beat you. So a lot of interesting storylines for this game, Preston, what is the spread in this game? I'm curious. Did we, oh, what happened to Preston? No, Glendale. Okay, you can you can do this game. All right. Yeah.
0: yeah I don't. I don't know what the spread is. I, I. I'd imagine it's. I mean, if I had to guess, where did he go? I'd okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna invite by... him back.
1: I'm gonna invite him back. But you can. Yeah. You can go ahead. My bad. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I'd say it's. I mean, shoot. If I had to guess the spread, I would say it's probably bucks by, maybe five or six, maybe a touchdown. It is on the road, uh, and it's a highly emotional game. You know, I, I think if my first thought is like, okay, let's let's ignore the big story here. Let's just look at the matchup: the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. But then you think about that, and you're like, you know what? You can't you can't take the emotion away from this game. There is going to be some emotion here. There's going to be we're all you know Tom Brady's human, Bill Belichick's human. This is players on both the teams are – players on the Patriots are human. You know, this is you cannot take the emotion completely out of this game. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I, I I think that was really interesting that you brought up. In. It's the largest quarterback age gap in, in league history, a 21 year age gap, which means that Mac Jones was what two years old when Tom Brady entered the league. Isn't that insane? Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's hard to fathom to be honest. So, uh, man, who am I gonna pick in this game? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers on the road just because I think they are the better team. Top to bottom. Uh, I think their defense is still trying to figure some things out. They have some questions in the secondary. Their secondary is not good so far. So there's, there's some questions there. They've been a little sus. They don't have that same fire yet that they, you know, they were playing with during that Super Bowl run last year. But, you know, they, they still have the same guys. So, you know, they'll figure it out eventually. I, I still think, you know, they're really well coached on that side of the ball. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots because I think they are a better team. Or not the Patriots, the Buccaneers, because I, I, I do think they are a better team. I think Tom Brady's going to win this matchup. And it has nothing to do with, oh, I, I, I'm going to hate it because Tom Brady's going to win. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, that, well, that seals it. Tom Brady's all of a sudden he was the reason for the dynasty, not Bill Belichick. It, it can't be that simple. It's not going to be just because of this one game. One Anything can happen in one game. doesn't mean Bill Belichick's any worse of a coach doesn't mean Tom Brady's, you know, any better of a quarterback or vice versa if the Patriots win. You know, the combination of the two of them uh, made the dynasty work. It's not solely one person. Maybe I'll give more credit to Brady because, you know, yeah, he's won the divorce, if that's what you want to say. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers just because I think they're the better team. And, you know, you got a rookie, Mac Jones, who is all of a sudden thrust into this really, really, really emotional game. You know, and it's his, it's his fourth game in the league. And um, he's coming off of a shaky performance last week. So, you know, you're kind of wondering where his confidence is at heading into this week. So, you know, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm sitting down with, with Mac Jones and just saying, listen, like, there's going to be a lot of, of motion heading into this game. But let's focus on what we need to do. Focus on making plays uh, with our offensive pieces. And the Patriots do have some some pieces this year. You know, unlike in, in maybe the past couple of years, um, they have some guys who can get it done. Um, you know, I, th- I think the Patriots have put up some points. I think Max Mac Jones is going to have a much better game. But um, I also like, you know, the Buccaneers defense to make a couple plays. And even if it's close late, I mean, you know, you know what Tom Brady's going to be able to do. He's going to he's going to go the Patriots out of this game, just like he did against the Cowboys. It's not like they're playing the Rams. So the Buccaneers are going to win this game. I think it's going to be like a 34 23 kind of thing.
1: Preston. Oh, and we'll, uh, we lost you right right before when I was asking you with the spread. So what is the spread? Gledhill said he thought it was going to be like five or six.
0: Tampa Bay is favored by a touchdown.
1: By a touchdown? Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and start this one, Gledhill. I, I don't think this game is going to be that close. I really don't. I don't care how much the media has been hyping up this whole Brady returning home and Belichick and everything. The fact of the matter is the Patriots – are not that good. The Patriots are not that good. They're not nearly as good of a football team as people thought coming in. They're not as good as I thought they were coming in. And they're not only catching Tom Brady returning to their stadium this uh, this year, a little homecoming game. They're also getting a pissed off Tom Brady from last week. He's pissed off from this past week. They got embarrassed by the Rams. They're gonna fix the mistakes this year. And honestly, I, I think this game is going to be a blowout. I, I think Tom Brady can go in there and throw three to four touchdowns pretty easily. And I think he's going to torch them. And I really don't like the the Patriots offensive line this year. I think the issues are are really showing, especially this past week when the Saints defensive line was all over them, forcing Mac Jones to make a lot of mistakes. He threw two picks and the Saints forced a lot of turnovers. I expect the Bucks' defensive line to give this offensive line, a lot of problems. I And and then now that James White is going to be out for the season, you know, that doesn't help them in their run game trying to get Damian Harris involved. So I think this game is actually going to be a blowout. I think the Buccaneers go in there, they bounce back and they win easily. I got the Buccaneers winning 30 to 14. I think it's going to be a blowout. Preston?
2: Yeah, so Gledhill talked a lot about the emotion of the players and you definitely can't ignore that, especially with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, but I think he's going to rise to the occasion. He's played in emotional games. He played at the University of Alabama. He's witnessed Jalen Hurts and Tua going into very hectic situations, very emotional situations. Now, granted, this is a bigger stage. This is Sunday night football. This is what you dream of playing as a kid. Um, You dream of going up against Tom Brady. You dream of playing in these big games, these big emotional games. Um, And I think he's going to rise to the occasion. I think he's going to be prepared. Um, I think Belichick is going to be more than prepared. I think he, he, he probably has been following that, that Buccaneers team all the last season, whether he wants to say it or not. I think he has been following. I think he knows um, all their weaknesses, and he's going to take advantage. First of all, you can't deny the NFL and, and sports in general are just a tiny bit rigged. You can't deny that. There, there's definitely the refs are probably going to favor the Patriots early, try to make this a close game, try to make it as dramatic as possible. This game is being hyped up as potentially the game of the year the regular season game of the year. And I just think that, you know, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to Tom Brady with the drive at the end of the game. Um, and I've got the Patriots winning this game 31 to
1: 27. Tampa Bay? Is that what you meant? I think you meant Tampa Bay. We're, yeah. we're, okay, cool. Sounds good. The biggest storyline, of, regardless of this whole Brady and Belichick thing, it's amazing to note that Brady is 68 yards away from breaking the NFL all time passing yards record. So unless God forbid, he has the worst game of his career, gets hurt. God forbid, knock on wood. He's going to get that passing yard record in his hometown. What better way to do it? So that's awesome there. That's awesome for Brady. And he's going to do it in front of all those Patriot fans. And I hope they give him a standing ovation when he does it. There shouldn't be any bad blow with him and with him and the fans because like, come on, man, he gave you six Super Bowls. So I think that'll be a cool no, moment. No, there
0: won't be. There won't be.
1: They'll, they'll cheer him on. Yeah, Definitely. That, that, that should be a pretty if, good move. That's going to be such a bad
2: look, uh, a bad look if they booed. Could you imagine if they actually booed Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, there's no way. Patriots fans are going to get a freaking mouthful by all these sports analysts if they, if they did that. So, yeah. All right, two more games to go. We got Monday Night Football. A really good game right here, possibly. AFC West Showdown. The Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to play the LA Chargers. Las Vegas has won three of the last four games versus the Chargers. Preston, what is the spread? And this is your team you can kick us off.
2: Chargers are favored by
1: three. Chargers are favored by three. Go ahead. Who do you got?
2: First of all, I don't like how this is a home game for us. We play better on the road than we do at home because our home games, honestly, are road games every single time, especially against fan bases like the Cowboys and the Raiders who have big followings in L.A. The Raiders are huge in L.A., huge. Um, And that's going to be a home game for the Raiders, so I'm, I'm really concerned. Honestly, if I want a Chargers fan, I would pick the Raiders, but I gotta pick my Chargers to win. I have to. I have to. Chargers win 27 to the 20.
1: Yeah. So Preston, you're, you're you're right. You're you're talking about the home field advantage and everything. When Derek Carr was asked about playing the Chargers this week on Monday night football, he uh they asked him and he said another home game. So that kind of concerns me. I hope the Raiders aren't taking the Chargers lightly. Because the Chargers are uh the Chargers are for real, man. They're there for real. And the Raiders, yeah, they might be three and zero, but they skunk out a win versus the the Dolphins there. You got to be ready to play. You got to be ready to play in these, this division showdown. The Chargers of, I remember that there was one game last year where they played the Raiders and they choked at the very end of the game that they should have won. So, you know, hopefully the the whole choking of LA is gone now. This is gonna be in SoFi on Monday night. I'm really excited for this one. But the Raiders' luck will finally run out, Gledhill. Preston, the Raiders' luck will finally run out. The Chargers will get this win. Uh, they will get it at home or on the road, whatever you want to call it. If you want to call it a, a, a way game for the Chargers, so be it. The Chargers will finally get the better of them, and the Raiders will finally have their first loss and come back to a little bit of reality, uh, not taking away anything they've done. They are 3-0 for the first time since 2002. The last time the Raiders went 3-0, guess what? They went to the Super Bowl and lost to John Gruden, who was coaching the Buccaneers at the time, and they finished the season 11-5. and five. So they were the number one seed in the AFC that year. The last time they were 3-0, and so some interesting thing to note there. But, yeah, their, their luck finally runs out. The Chargers will get the better of them. And I think the Chargers will win. Let's go 31-28 to by a field goal. I think it will be exciting. Gledhill.
0: I think this game is going to have a lot of fireworks. We're going to see a lot of scoring in this game. I don't think either of the two defenses are, are particularly great. I mean, I, I wouldn't say either, I would say neither of them are like elite defenses. I think this is going to be a nice duel between uh, West coast duel between Justin Herbert and Derek Carr, two West coast quarterbacks. And uh, you know what? I agree. I'm going to take the chargers 31 or sorry, 37 to 34. It's going to be a good one.
1: All right. Well, we got the last one. We got the Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. Huge test for Dallas here. Huge, huge test, especially with the Panthers defense. Carrying them to three and zero so far. Sam Darnold proving all the naysayers wrong. Playing outstanding right now. He's been playing really well. Carolina has allowed fourteen points or fewer in each game this season. I remember the last time these two teams played was in Carolina three years ago on opening day when the Cowboys' offense was horrible before the Amari Cooper days and that the Panthers just absolutely shut them down. This is in Dallas. Dallas's offense is way more dynamic now. Panthers defense is a lot better now. Panthers are making even more moves. They traded for CJ Henderson and, a, and they got a fifth round pick on it. They traded their tight end, Dan Arnold. So, you know, they're just building on that defense. The defense is just absolutely outstanding. Daquan Jones, AJ Bia, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Dante Jackson, Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, Asan Reddick, CJ Henderson now. I mean, the, the list goes on for all these, you know, special players that they have on the defense side of the ball. I don't know if they're still ranked the number one defense in the league. Uh, I imagine that they still are, but, uh, you know, those first few weeks of the season, they definitely were. And and this is a big test for Dallas. This is a big test for Dallas, and this is a big test for Sam Darnold to see if uh, if he's that guy. I mean, I think he's already passed all the tests, but now you got to do it against a, a really good Dallas team who's clearly the best team in the NFC East right now. Preston, what's the spread in this game?
2: Dallas is favored by four.
1: Does that surprise you?
2: Uh, no, it doesn't for right now, but... I think it's going to be a different conversation next week.
1: Different conversation next week. Okay. Well, Preston, you know me. Me and Gledhill always talk about the Cowboys last. So why don't you go ahead? Who do who do you got? Take who you got? He got. I'll I'll
0: go ahead and take it first this
1: time. Okay. Talk about Gledhill wants it. Gledhill wants to take it, man.
0: Yeah. So the Panthers are are basically ranked number one in a a lot of defensive metrics coming into this game, and they they have some players. Not gonna lie, that you you know Brian Burns, JC Horn. Um, Jeremy Chin you you mentioned those guys you know Hassan Reddick being a legitimate really really legitimate pickup this year Um, they've shown that they can generate a pass rush but I mean they got they got Jameis Winston on his off week right they got you know Zach Wilson rookie Davis Mills rookie so going into this game they're going to face a much tougher test against the Cowboys you were mentioning that you know I don't think there's there might not be an offense in the league that's playing like the Cowboys at this moment. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say the bills, you know, there's a couple other teams in there. The Chargers have looked pretty good too. I mean, I, I think the Cowboys are going to have, you know, they're going to be able to score points on this Panthers defense. I don't think this is going to be a situation where the Panthers defense is so good that they're going to lock the Cowboys down. This is going to be like that saints game a couple years ago where it's like 13 to 10 or something. Uh, the Cowboys are going to be able to put up points. I don't think they're going to drop like 40 on them, but they're going to, they're going to be able to score, you know, 25, 30 points. And this Cowboys defense is here. They're looking faster. They're looking more aggressive. They're looking like they're able to make some good plays. And I just think because, you know, because of the quarterback advantage alone and, and the Panthers not having Christian McCaffrey, I think the Cowboys are going to have a definite advantage in this game. And I think they're going to win by 10 points. I think this is going to be like a 30 to 20 type of win for the Cowboys. I just, I can't really pick many spots where the Panthers have like a definite advantage. I guess you could say, you know, pass rush, but. I don't think it's enough to, you know, sway this game in their favor. So thirty to twenty.
1: Okay, so hill has got a big statement win for Dallas right here, thirty to twenty. Preston, your Panthers are they going to get it done?
0: And I will say, I have to go. I'm watching uh, the OU game. So all
1: right, um, you you got all the picks keep, in, man. So that's all that matters. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you guys. Take care, bro. I'll
0: see ya.
2: You know, I I love that. I love that from Hill. You know why? He's overconfident, just like all you damn Cowboy fans. Overconfident. You didn't even hear what I had to say yet. I I don't need to hear what you have to say. Y'all are all overconfident. Y'all are all hyped up just because y'all blew out the Eagles last week. So you know what? We're going to have another game this week where Stephen A is laughing after the game. He's going to post a video of him. (laughs) How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Bro, Panthers are going to win this game 28-20. to y'all about to see y'all about to see this Panthers defense legit they're gonna be the talk of the NFL after this week and Cowboys are gonna lose this game
1: oh why am I not surprised why am I not surprised that you pressing are not giving the Cowboys their respect I mean is it is it because is it because we beat you is it because we beat y'all in SoFi are you no 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 are you nah, are you still upset about that are you still upset
2: nah. I, I I've been giving y'all y'all props I said y'all are the best team in the NFC East and y'all should easily win the NFC East y'all should if y'all aren't at least an 11-win team,
1: that, that's a like, disappointment. That, yeah.
2: yeah, that's a disappointment. I, I've been telling y'all this, but y'all are overconfident right now. I already know y'all are overconfident. Y'all, y'all are already thinking not about the division, not about you know winning this week, not about being concerned about winning this week. Y'all are concerned about winning a fucking Super Bowl. Excuse my language. You can bleep that out. Y'all are concerned about winning a freaking Super Bowl. Bro, worry about this week. I'm telling y'all, y'all are overconfident.
1: Bro, it's not overconfidence, bro. It's literally a lot of people are starting to realize that the Cowboys are a lot better than everybody had. Going into the season, bro, I'm telling you, bro, going into the season, going into the season, do you know how many people were all on, oh, Washington football team, that defense, that defense is so good. They're going to win the division. Oh, the Giants, the defensive upgrades that they made this off season, they're going to win the division, but nobody said anything about the Cowboys. Nobody said anything about the Cowboys because Mike McCarthy, because Mike and-
2: McCarthy sucks.
1: Yeah, he does suck. He does suck. If Mike McCarthy just needs to let Dak Prescott and Kellen Mon run this team. If he does that, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay, but no Preston. It's not just because they blew Did you just of- say Kellen Mon. Yes. Kellen Mon's great. Mond. Kellen Mon's great. It wasn't
2: Kelam on the quarterback for AM?
1: Oh, Kellen Moore, my bad. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, who am I saying right now? Yeah. Kellen Moore. Sorry. Kellen Moore. They just need to let him and Dak Prescott run this team. This is a big test. This is a big test. Uh, I, I, the only, I don't really have anything much to say. I just, I'm excited, but I hope we can get a, a win here. I'm not going to be like Gledhill and be so overconfident, but you know, I, I really do like what Dan Quinn has done with this defense. The defense looks a lot better. Trayvon Diggs. He's making some moves, man. That dude could be a star in the making, you know, defensive player of the, of the month for the NFC. It's gotten a pick in every single game. People need to recognize what he's done. I and mean, he shut down Mike Evans that first week, shut down Keenan Allen the second week, and then, you know, gave the Eagles some problems too. So Trayvon Diggs, really excited about him. Micah Parsons as a rookie is getting a lot of pressure, uh, moving from a linebacker to a defensive end. So Cowboys at full force you know, they they, they they can make some moves. So, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm not expecting much other than them winning the NFC East, but that should, that should be expected like Preston was saying because if they don't win the NFC East with like 11 wins, then Mike McCarthy is just that bad. So uh, we'll see what happens. Because it's my team, Preston, just because like you were saying with your team, because it's my team, I'll pick the Cowboys to win. I think it's going to be closer than Gledhill saying, I don't think we're going to win by 10, but I do agree with what he said was we're going to be able to score some points. So I would say that the Cowboys win 26 to 20 we'll see what happens. The Panthers, the Panthers look really good right now.
2: Yeah. Panthers look really good. I'm, I'm pumped for the defense Pumped for Matt rule ever since he came in and he, and he started making those adjustments and and really drafting, drafting all defensive players two years ago. It's I've been super happy.
1: Yeah. Um, And then last thing to say is the, the Cowboys Uh, I would have never thought they would have been like this even only going into the week four of the season, but their defense has the most takeaways out of any defense with eight. So hopefully they can keep that trend rolling. Trayvon Diggs has been a big part of that. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining Gledhill. Obviously had to leave early, but he got all his picks in. Preston, you got anything else to say before I let you go, man?
2: Nope. Just super excited. I'm going to be able to watch all the games tomorrow.
1: Yeah, for real, honestly. All right, well, you guys enjoy y'all Sunday. Enjoy this week. Enjoy the game tomorrow night between the Bengals and the Jags, and we'll catch y'all later.